Hey mates! Bonjour! Hola! That's extraordinary. Yup, on the way, Jip. Howdy! Hello! 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 He's gonna fire no, again. He's not. Good dog. Heal, boy! Heal! This unit does not appreciate the term dog, boy, or heal. Regeneration unity log indicates you saved it from damage. What are you? What am I? My name is K9. I do not know when or where I am. Commencing orientation protocols. Flying! Left, right, up, and away we go! Hello and welcome to Who Watches Who, a Doctor Who podcast with me, Matthew, and as always... Hello, I'm Scott. <laughs> Hello, Scott. Welcome uh, to the show that you're a co-host with, I guess. Uh, I, was, I was waiting for yeah. a longer introduction because the last few weeks yeah, you've been... I, th- I thought I'd throw you off. I thought I'd throw you <laughs> off with a, just a regular one. Uh, you can't predict me. Yeah. Uh, this week it is April 1st. It is... April Fool's Day, you know, and we thought that we'd look at a rather silly part of Doctor Who as we're covering the first two episodes of possibly the best thing that Doctor Who has ever created, (laughs) the canine show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's something for sure. It's, yeah, it's... It's definitely a TV show. Well, I'll say that much. (laughs) We'll get more into it later on, but... The first episode... Uh, and you said well, you've got information on this, but from from my tiny little bit of research I did, the first episode aired on uh, October thirty first on two thousand nine, which was a Saturday. And you know I did my regular deep dive into what happened on this day. So more than fifty people are arrested in the Russian capital of Moscow after uh, holding an unsanctioned human rights uh, rally. And I was like, well, if that isn't foreshadowing of future Russian events, I don't know what is. Oh, yeah. A, a, fun, day in, a fun, fun day in Russia for sure. Every day always is. Uh, there also was a video of a kidnapped Irish priest known as Father Michael Sinot uh, that got released by his captors in the Philippines. The kidnappers wanted $2 million uh, ransom for him, and it was the first evidence that he was still alive since his abduction happened on the 11th of October. I did a little bit of more research in, mm-hmm. and he ends up getting released without them having to pay the ransom. So that's, that's 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 good news at least. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he he definitely got killed, didn't he? It's 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 2009, and that's relatively modern. And it's modern enough yeah. for all the news to be horrible. But uh, <laughs> no, he's he survived that horrific ordeal. Uh, I've written this in a really random order. So next up, I've got the top movies. Uh, yeah. 2009 was a really interesting year for film because a lot of them were films that I recognized. Because they obviously they came out when I was nine years old, uh, and I've got the top apparently the top six. I call, I don't know why six, but I've got the top six. Could you have any guess? It's October thirty first, as to what the number one film at the box office is. It's Halloween Day. 
So usually I try to guess MCU movies, but the thing about the MCU, yeah, 2009, yeah. 2009 was famously the year there was no MCU movie, so that's, that's out of window for today. Um, did Rob Zombie's Halloween come out? Was it nope. Halloween? It was not. No? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, Night at the Museum 7? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, number one at the box office. Oh, Coraline. Nope. Coraline? Nope. nope. Okay. Nope. That's not even in the top six. Number one at the box office was Michael Jackson's This Is It documentary. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it aged like a fine wine. Uh, number two is the actual horror film Paranormal Activity. Mm. Uh, uh, not as scary as number one, I don't think. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, depending on who you are. Uh, yeah, Paranormal Activity is number two, and it is a solid, pretty mediocre film. I've uh, never seen it. <laughs> I, I watched it recent. I watched it. A, I've seen it a couple times. I most recently watched it maybe four or five months ago, and I remember mainly being bored uh, yeah. <laughs> when I was watching it. Uh, I'm going to rattle through these next three because there's a couple, a couple interest or the next four. Uh, Law Abiding Citizen, never heard of it. Couples Retreat, never heard of it. And then at number five, we've got Saw Six. Again, never seen any of the oh, Saws. Wow. I've seen every single Saw movie, except the two new ones, Jigsaw and the Book of Saw. Uh, Wasn't the new one called Spiral? Spiral from the Book of Saw, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've uh, I've not seen the two new ones, but I saw Saw 6. Saw Saw, haha. Uh, and it's terrible. It's really it's saw, The Saw movies go from really great, I adore the first one, to mm. a pretty fun sequel, to an okay third one, and then terrible 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 actually i think the third one's bad they're all all the sequels are bad uh and then at number six it's probably one of the strangest movies to come out from one of the cast members of jackass where the wild things are right okay yeah uh kids movie about uh, spike jones oh i see Spike Jones, he's a you know big name director. He works, with, uh, he made like uh, being John Malkovich and you know things like that. But he's also a cast member of Jackass. It's, I did not know that. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? <laughs> he, he's he's an Oscar Oscar winning director. O- Oscar, Oscar, yeah. He's got he's he's an Oscar winner. The the prestigious award Oscar. No, he's won a few Oscars and he yeah he's also a part of Jackass. Just nice. an interesting bit of trivia that lives in my brain. Uh, the top song wasn't a song I've heard of, so I doubt you've heard of it either. Was uh, "Down" by a man called Jay Sean featuring Lil Wayne. It's yeah, I'm a, look two, this up. It's a 2009 <laughs> pop song. Okay, I think I've heard of this. It's just one of those generic auto tune. Yeah, two thousand two thousand nine pop song. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like every song you've ever heard that plays <laughs> on the radio. Uh, and then it's it is quickly becoming my fast my fast favorite segment i do for this research the on this day throughout history yep. so in 1517 on halloween day the spookiest uh-huh. of days martin luther decided he was going to spook the catholics by uh, <laughs> sending his 95 thesis uh, to albrecht von brandenburg the archbishop of mainz uh, which was basically a thesis explaining all the issues with the Catholic Church and is why the Protestant Church was created. Uh, oh, that's, that's spooky. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it, well, it, it, if you live in certain parts of the world, it definitely is because it led to a lot of conflict. Uh, in 1541, Michelangelo Bernanetti finished painting The Last Judgment in the Sistine Chapel. 
The Ninja Turtle, yes. Yes. I, I'm aware yes. of him. He's in, he's in this episode of K9. He is in this episode of K9. <laughs> after, quickly after finishing the painting, he ran off to shoot this. And they shot this in the 1500s, actually. Uh, in 1876, Grand Burkinaki Cyclone. Oh, sorry, I can't read. Great uh, Bakernaki Cyclone of 1876 ravaged British India, which is now modern-day Bangladesh, and over 200,000 people were killed. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah, big old, big old <laughs> cyclone. Uh, in 1918, the Spanish flu killed 21,000 people in the U.S. in a single week. Yeah, but you know the flu is fake. Yeah, it's the, fake news. Yeah, yeah propaganda. Uh, yeah, there, there was no flu pandemic, and people <laughs> need to shut up about it because there's nothing to worry about, you know. Uh, yeah. And then we we actually flash forward a bit from 2009 into 2011. Where Ooh. the world population reached 7 billion people, according to the okay. United Nations. And that was in 2011. I think we're fast approaching 8 billion if we've not yeah. already hit it. So, in two, in, we covered uh, Voyage of a Damned, and at one point in that episode, the doctor says, billion. or si- yeah. yeah. And also in an episode of K9, just one of these episodes, I think it's like episode 15, around right that area. I don't know. I never watched it. I was skipping through it because I was so bored of this show. But um, there's a point show. where there's a point where one of the characters says there's six billion people on Earth, which is like, yeah, it doesn't feel like lo- that long ago. It just yeah. it feels like we've always known it as seven billion, but yeah, now no, we're close we are, to eight billion. It's insane. Are, I'm gonna uh, Google real quick. What is the current world population? Let's find out. Seven point seven five three billion, so we are ever ticking our way towards it. Yeah, I just looked up how long until we reach eight billion by the year. Uh, sorry, by the end of two thousand and twenty-two, or within the first months of twenty twenty-three, that number is officially expected to cross the eight billion mark. So yeah, uh, by this time next year, we might have eight billion people. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Absolutely wild. Too many people. Too many people. Anyway, now we're going to move into the Scots writing history. So strap in, because I feel like this is going to be quite the deep dive. But, you know, firstly, we're talking about air dates. The the air dates of K9 is so wild and inconsistent. So basically, we're talking about UK air dates here. The first episode was aired on the 31st of October 2009. And then the next episode didn't air until April of 2010. So it, it it was aired as a sneak peek. And you know what episode we aired next after episode one? Episode two. No, episode three. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. So I so remember as a kid... W- so I remember as a kid in like 2010 watching episode three, I remembered there was some like mutant turtle chasing the kid around. And then it never wrapped up. And I was like, what, what happened to that storyline? <laughs> So yeah, I was very confused because they aired it in the wrong order. We didn't air episode 2 until the 9th of October 2010, so did, almost a year after episode 1. <laughs> did they do that on purpose? Or was it like a mistake? I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. That's Because episode 1 and 2 are definitively two, like a two-parter. Like the episode 1 yeah. doesn't conclude anything and everything gets concluded in episode 2. Uh, yeah. And then episode 3 is not attached, so... 
So yeah, you can kind of see, you can kind of see why the show never really hit it off because they only aired episode one once from my memory. I mean, they waited six months to air episodes three, three. <laughs> on, on the on the day of um, the eleventh hour of the Matt Smith regeneration episode. Okay. Yeah. 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 I I, sh- I completely missed this show coming out when I was a kid. Like I, woo, uh, I yeah. I, like I didn't get an advert advert for it i didn't know about it i had never heard of it and i definitely didn't see it on tv so yeah you know i only i only knew about this show because i was far into doctor who i would i would spend every day looking at like doctor who web pages for news and it was around the time but david tennant was just about to regenerate so obviously i was keened in on everything doctor who what uh channel did it air on well it originally aired on disney xd which used to be jetix Okay, okay. So I think this is like month two of Disney XD and as a special sneak peek, there, K9 as a, look at our brand new show, it's going to be big, it's going to be massive. Yeah, yeah. Lasted one season. <laughs> yeah, that might be why I never saw it, because 2010, mm-hmm. I don't think we had Sky. And... Yeah, but the thing is, at the end of 2010, it started airing on Channel 5, so you, okay. had, you had every chance to watch it and you didn't, you damn fool. <laughs> but... Right, I yeah. also wasn't watching TV, you know, be- because live TV was disgusting, and <laughs> I would watch films, and I would play video games, or I'd go yeah. out and play with my friends, you know, because yeah, I'm, I'm see, like 10 years old, so. <laughs> you see, I never had any friends, and I was like... Yeah, that's because you were on Doctor Who forums. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 12, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, um... You, you obviously watched Doctor Who live, did you? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's, it's consistently it's the only TV show I actually watch on live TV. <laughs> like, <laughs> same here. And I think that's the opinion of like most people who watch Doctor Who. It's the only show they really watch. Other shows yeah. are just on BBC iPlayer, on demand, or yeah. on Netflix, or yeah, everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, obviously K9 was a character created by Bob Baker and Dave Martin, who were known as the Bristol Boys. We talked about them in more depth in the Hand of Fear episode pod. In, in, yeah, in the Hand of Fear podcast we did mm-hmm. last October, a while back, and it wasn't the best episode to showcase their talent. But yeah, they wrote eight that stories between. Yeah, neither is this. Um, luckily, this episode wasn't written by Bob Baker, so he can get yeah, some of his names this. on it still, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Bristol Boys wrote eight stories between 1971 and 1979, but the one we're interested in is The Invisible Enemy, which was aired in 1977, because it obviously introduced our favourite K9, K9. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> it just rolled off the tongue, my dude. Yeah. Uh, so the original idea came was brought up by Dave Martin, who was a dog lover himself, and he was like, how about the character Dr. Marius builds a robot dog because he misses his dog on Earth? And the original char- and the, char- and the character was originally intended to be only featured in one episode, but Robert Holmes was like, why, why doesn't he just become a companion? He's a perfect companion for the Doctor. And obviously because K-9 was like so expensive... And it it helps spread the cost for it because mm-hmm. if you think about it, K nine is like a marvelous prop. Mm-hmm. Like most robots at the time were just little people in suits. Like you think of Star Wars that came out the same year, 
um, R2-D2 and C-3PO are just people in suits. Mm-hmm. Whereas K-9 was like one of the first remote-controlled robots in television and film, which is insane to think about. Yeah, and they had a horrible time with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bob and Dave were excited about the idea of creating a cat of creating an iconic recurring character and potentially earn some serious cash. But when the BBC asked if they could spare £500, which is equivalent to 3500 today, uh, toward the building of K9, and they were like, yeah, we don't earn that much money. And then the BBC built it themselves. <laughs> well, you know, we can always trust the BBC to try and get a little bit extra of their money. You know, spend, yeah. a, li- spend a little bit less if they don't, if they can. But yeah, K9 lasted four seasons, which was insane considering he was only built for one episode. Yeah. Uh, the original intent was that K9 would float, which wasn't in his budget. But you know, K9, this TV show we're talking about, he's floating all the time because CGI became that advanced. Mm-hmm. And as as Matthew said, the prop was a massive nightmare, even though the prop itself was impressive. Uh, it was radio controlled and it would either not move or crash into a set at high speeds. And Tom Baker famously hated K9. Yeah, uh, Bob I remember and- we, we, we spoke a little bit about it as well in the uh, Sarah Jane Returns episode with the school reunion. Because uh, K9 comes back in that as well. So we, we spoke a little bit about the nightmare that is the K9 model. Yeah, like, everyone on this set of School Reunion was so excited at the thought of meeting K-9. And Elizabeth Sladen was like, K-9 isn't that good of a prop. And then it started to run over Billy Piper's toes and shit like that. <laughs> it was a great time. Um, but Bob and, Bob and Dave eventually became unhappy about K-9 in the show because he was being misused in either as a weapon or he would just often be in a TARDIS and not being used at all, really. Yeah, because because of the aforementioned nightmare yeah. that he is anywhere else. Yeah, there's a point where K9 keeps getting like destroyed. There's a point where um they're on a beach and Romana is like throwing a ball around and K9 goes after a ball in water and he starts exploding. <laughs> it's a it's a iconic scene. Excellent. But yeah, um just a quick history of K9 models used in the show. So K9 Mark 1 lasted most of season 15. He left with Leela on Gallifrey at the end of the season and K9 Mark 1 is actually the K9 model that's actually used at the beginning of the K9 TV series we're just about to cover. Okay. okay. So yeah, it it doesn't really make sense of why he would leave Gallifrey, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the end of season 15, the Doctor kind of smiles at the camera as he builds a new K9 model, K9 Mark II. Uh, he lasts 16 to the near the end of season 18, and he got, he got destroyed because John Nathan Turner, who was a new producer of uh, Doctor Who, hated the prop with good reason. But, you know, fans kept on writing in, complaining about K9 being destroyed. They were so unhappy oh, wow. that, that they made the TV series... Of a TV special, K9 and Company, which we classic, covered. Classic. And, <laughs> yeah. If you want to listen to our opinion of K9 and Company, we recorded that in October. The worst it's... Doctor Who spinoff is what it's yeah. called. And that should give you a little glimpse into what we thought of the, all the dirt talk. Because they <laughs> yeah, sure it's... do talk about dirt a lot. Yeah, K9 and Company is basically people standing around talking about soil for like an hour. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Absolutely. And... And you know who else didn't think it was fantastic? 
Bob and Dave, they weren't asked to be involved and they hated the final product so much. And then, yeah, K9 Mark IV was K9's replacement model at the end of School Reunion, which we also covered. Uh, she still had K9 in Sarah Jane Adventures, making cameos in Season 1 and 2, and he became a recurring character from Season 3 onwards. And yeah, he wasn't used in the first few seasons as much because, you know, we were making this K9 show at the same time and licensing agreements were insane. But yeah, onto the, the production of K9, this TV show as a whole, which is, yeah, it's going to be a long one, so strap yourselves in. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so in the mid-90s, Bob Baker had found its success in writing for another dog, Gromit, from Walson Gromit, and he co-wrote every episode apart from the first one. And yeah, we love. Do you like Walson Gromit? Uh, I enjoy Wallace and Gromit. I I think I I don't have much of a history with them as a duo. You know, I like Curse of the Were Rabbit and stuff like that. But I really didn't watch them too much as a kid. But you know, as somebody that grew up in Britain, they are obviously stitched into my DNA because they are in. You know, it's like Daleks and stuff. You can't grow up in Britain without knowing what the Daleks are or what Wallace and Gromit is. Yeah, I, I love uh, Wallace and Gromit. Like, every bank holiday, they would just show Wallace and Gromit on television. I would always watch every single time it would be on. It's it's a fantastic. Yeah, again, I didn't watch TV. So... <laughs> <laughs> And yet here we are. You're post. You're hosting a podcast about a yeah. TV show. Yeah, I, crazy. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but around the time of award season for a close shave, which I think was the second Walson Gromit film, so this is 1996. Paul Tams contacted uh, Baker, and Paul T- Tams had worked in Doctor Who previously as an illustrator and prop designer, and asked Bob if he was interested in regenerating K9 for a new generation. Um, fast forward to 1997 and Doctor Who magazine reports that the BBC is interested in buying broadcast rights to a four-part canine pilot to be filmed later that year on a seven-figure budget. The character was said to be radically redesigned for a 90s and beyond audience. So yeah, seven figures, that's pretty decent for BBC yeah. standards. And yes. especially, this is the year after the TV movie came out as well, so we're also interested in some way returning to the Doctor Who franchise. Yeah, I find it interesting, like, I I find it interesting that K9 himself seems to have such a pull with, you know, getting the spin-offs made. Like, of all yeah. Doctor Who characters, it's the robot dog. Yeah, I don't get it myself, because it's like, Maybe this is because it was born in 1997, which was like around this time when we were trying to redesign K9, and I wasn't born in the 70s, obviously. But you know, I don't think K9 is that a compelling of a character. He just kind of sits there and goes, "Yes, master," and sometimes he shoots stuff out of his nose. Yeah, so I, he does. <laughs> yeah, I I find him. I think I only like K9 because of the history of K9 because you know mm-hmm. he was on the show before and I'm like oh that's a fun nostalgia hit. Uh yeah. as far as actually K9 I think I hate him. Uh <laughs> his stupid whiny voice, his murdering, his bad jokes, you know, his ugly and design, both designs are ugly. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think, to be fair, on Doctor Who, he wasn't, like, a joke machine, whereas in the K-9 show, the Australian show, 
they've they've redesigned his personality pretty much. They've yeah. turned him more human, more wisecracking. He doesn't even feel like K nine in the K nine show. Like he feels like a totally like disconnected from the original K nine completely. Yeah, which I guess if you want to build a show around K nine, you need to give him more of a personality. But we we'll get into it. But we kind of gave him a, such a bad personality. I don't like. Yeah. Uh, so by November 1997, one of the key investors drops out and scripts were being rewritten to try and appeal to more younger demographic as well as Doctor Who fans. And the hopes were that the series would be now televised in early 1998 rather than sent direct to video. So like the BBC weren't sure what to do with a show to air it on BBC One or to just release it on straight to video market. But yeah, obviously that didn't work out in the end. <laughs> yeah. uh, by by August 1998, the production is back on track after almost a year on hold. Bob Baker had been busy developing a children's film in New York that never came to be because the heads at Universal Studios changed and the new people hated the idea, which is a story we hear all the time about Hollywood. It's People change at the top and suddenly the idea is just out the window. It's just scrapped completely. And hoping to secure funding, a five-minute CGI showreel video was being produced. A new design from Rory McLeish, ironic name, was unleashed. A canine can now hover and move his head and ears. And what you're seeing on screen right now is the canine 1998 uh, design. And uh, in Discord, you'll see it. Yeah, yeah I'll, stick it, I'll stick it up. But yeah, what do you think about this design? Uh... The K nine nineteen ninety whatever design. I think it's excellent. <laughs> yeah. I genuinely the nineteen ninety eight design I think is better than the modern day design. Yeah, I, it looks. It looks like K nine, and it's it, it's supposed to look like K nine, obviously. But you know, it the looks head like moves. A, it, it looks like a modern version of K nine, whereas the one that we get, which we'll get to looks like a toy robot dog mm. uh whereas this one he looks like a futuristic robot you know i i like him i like his weird little dent he's got on his ass uh <laughs> i like his ears uh his face looks good the weird cyborg eyes a bit strange yeah uh i'd maybe change that to two eyes but other than that i really like it he also kind of looks like a space taxi <laughs> I like the, I like how the head moves because that gives him so much like more personality. Because yeah. in the original show, his head mo- moved up and down slightly, yeah. Whereas but... here, his his head could move properly, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like the nineteen ninety eight design. I think it's good. But yeah, obviously they couldn't keep that because this was with the BBC, and when the original and when we went to Disney, we had to change it completely because BBC owned the design of K nine. Which is kind of weird. So Bob Baker owns the character and not the design. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Those contracts way back then, you know. Yeah. I bet they're strange. Uh, so by 1999, Bob Baker and Dave Martin gave BBV the license to make a canine audio series co-starring Lala Ward as Romana, with the two of them stuck in a weird pocket universe. And only two stories were released. And uh, BBV were kind of like the predecessor to Big Finish, basically. And they never stuck around because Big Finish came around the same time. And Big Finish obviously became massive now. Yeah, yeah. Wildly successful. 
And around 2000, K9 Unleashed was released on video featuring interviews with cast and crew from Doctor Who, and it also featured a, a show reel footage for the unproduced spin-off. I tried to hunt this down, I couldn't find it anywhere, and I kind of want to see the footage, because I imagine that would be wild to just see yeah. unproduced foot- show reel footage. Um, but after this video was released, things were kind of quiet for K9. Uh, Bob Baker once again became busy writing Wilson Gromit, Five Minute Shorts, as well as eventually writing Curse of the Weir Rabbit, which was a massive feature film co-produced by DreamWorks and Artman Animation. And yeah, I think we could talk about K9. Uh, sorry, we Curse of the Weir Rabbit one day. It's a I great love film. that movie it's so much. Film. It's excellent. Yeah. So yeah, uh, like five years later in 2004, with Wallace and Gromit out of the way, Bob refocuses on K9 and asks Dave Martin if he'd like to be involved. And Dave Martin's like, I'm kind of busy writing a book right now, so I can't be involved. And uh, Bob Baker's like, okay, that's good, that's, that's fine at least, can I still use the design? Uh, Dave Martin's like, yeah, that's fine, as long as I get money. <laughs> and then, obviously, he he got lots of money from K9, and he was very happy indeed. Well, you know, at least there's one success story out of this. Well, except for the fact that he died in 2007, right before K9 reached the airwaves, which is sad. Oh. But, you know... Um, so by October of that year, Bob reveals he has teamed up with a London-based distribution company called Park Entertainment in order to begin pitching a series to UK and international web uh, international networks. I, I almost said websites for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those international websites. So, so here's the original story of what this series was pitched as. The story... F- follows a junk spaceship led by a cynical old captain and a virtual reality female computer. After finding K-9 in in an abandoned spacecraft and picking up an orphaned boy from passing planets, they become dysfunctional space-age family. The proposed series would mix live action and CGI with K-9, who is cuddly in a robotic kind of way, now able to morph into new shapes via a special dog collar. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so are you buying or selling this idea? I think I'm buying it. I like the weird old space captain and his sex toy robot uh, that can, that flies the ship. Uh, I think it's a good setup for, you know, it's the orphan boy, the robot dog, uh, impromptu space family that don't always get along. The dog changing shape with the collar, maybe we'll write that out because uh, I think that's a bad idea. But I think overall I'm going to buy this show. Yeah, I would lo- I would love to know what kind of shapes K9 transforms himself into. Like does he turn into a car one episode and everybody gets inside him and just drives around? No, he he only turns into the shape of a triangle. Okay. <laughs> he looks the same. His body just becomes triangular. I I think I think I would buy this as well if it was animated. I feel like it could be a decent animated series, you know. But live action, the special effects, live action, it'd be horrible. Yeah, it'd be cheesy. Yeah, really cheesy. Uh, Just like K Nine, we show it eventually became. Yeah, but that's got like a a a more of a charm to it. I think because it's not set in a spaceship, you know, and they can afford to have like a set that's just a house. Whereas mm-hmm. this would be on set all the time with a spaceship that won't look good. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. Make it animated. 
Yeah, it kind of sounds like Guardians of the Galaxy in a way, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got that that sort of vibe, definitely. Yeah. So by the next year, two thousand and five, obviously a big year for Doctor Who. Uh, they announced that they are working with a CGI team in Manchester to revamp the design yet again, this time making them more dog-like. And they were very optimistic about the show as Doctor Who had just come back. And Doctor Who? Never heard of it. Never going to pick up. Never going to pick off again. And around this time, networks from Canada and Australia were interested. And the BBC still had their first refusal deal. And Bob was getting along with Rosie Bunting, the head of BBC Children's Programming. And she eventually moved to work under Disney. And as Disney were already interested in things, and were already interested in the series, things began to move forward steadily with that show. And the BBC refused to do the spin-off because we had spin-offs planned already. And we got Sarah Jane Adventures out of that. We got Torchwood out of that. We also got, like, Doctor Who Tor- uh, Doctor Who Confidential and Totally Doctor Who, which were, like, more factual-based programs. There's five Doctor Who-based programs on the BBC at the same time, which is insane to think about. Yeah, they really went all in when Doctor Who came back. They, they marketed the hell out of that thing. And, you know, a show about a robot dog isn't that interesting compared to, like, Sarah Jane Adventures or Torchwood, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they made the right choice, I think. Uh, So on the 24th of April, 2006, five days before a school reunion, the show was officially announced. A report from the Times stated that Canine Adventures was to be an animated 26-episode series that costs £3 million. The animation would be state-of-the-art CGI animation mixed with live action. It was confirmed that it would be made by Park Entertainment in collaboration with Jetix Europe. And we both loved Jetix as a kid growing up, didn't we? Yeah, it's uh, that logo is uh, nostalgia, like injected yeah. all over it. Uh, Jetix was a good time. What what did you like to watch in Jetix? Oh boy, <laughs> I'm gonna have to look up their programs that they did to know for sure. Because uh, they had they had all the Power Rangers shows, they had so, yeah, all I the d- Marvel that, shows. Uh, not so much the Marvel shows, but I definitely watched the Power Rangers. Uh, hang on. They had Jackie Chan Adventures, which was class. <laughs> Never watched that either. So let's see. Jetix shows that have come up here. Uh, Lazy Town, I never watched... Well, I, I never watched Voluntarily. It was my younger siblings that were really into Lazy yeah. Town, so... I de facto saw Lazy Town. Uh, Inspector Gadget. I was into, spe- into Inspector Gadget. It's not giving me a lot of shows here. Give me more. Give yeah. me more. What the thing about Jetix is that it's kind of like world... world it's kind of worldwide. Like some yeah. regions of Net... Uh, some reason... I almost said Netflix. Some regions of Jetix aired shows like Fairly Odd Parents, which is a Nickelodeon show. And so it doesn't... Yeah. It's a very confusing state of shows. Okay, but yeah, so I've got Europe Jetix here. Which I assume is the same Jetix we had, because we obviously were part of Europe. Uh, so they've got Diabolic, which I never saw. The new Woody Woodpecker show, which I never watched. Oh, that was a good show. I enjoyed that show. Bobo, 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 <laughs> which I never watched. Yeah, Bobo, 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 Bobo is an anime about some guy with like crazy hair, and his hair is like a super powered being, kind okay, of. Okay, okay. Uh, Shin Cha- Chan, which I never watched. Uh, Captain Flamingo, never saw it. Funky Cops, never watched it. Gadget and the Gadgetons, that sounds familiar. 
Yeah, that was a uh, Inspector, Inspector Gadget, Gadget sequel series. So I would have probably caught an episode or two of that as a child. Uh, Hamtaro, never heard of it. Iggy Arbuckle, never watched it. Iron Kid, nope, never saw it. Uh, Lazy Town, obviously. Uh, Mag Magi Magi Nation, Magi Nation. I don't know. Uh, Let's go quintuplets. Nope. Uh, One Piece, nope, didn't watch One Piece. Pokemon, I would have watched Pokemon. Although I think I mainly watched Pokemon on CITV. Maybe yeah, I think po- on. I think Pokemon was on Cartoon Network Cartoon and Network, CITV yeah. here. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, yeah again, Vegetics thing it's, is like all over it's, the place it's only kind of. C- series one to 12 that they've got that jetix produced yeah. apparently so you know there's like an infinite amount of pokemon series so maybe some of it i watched on jetix and maybe they only had it from like 2000 to whatever but yeah uh planet sketch nope Pro- i remember planet sketch planet sketch was a citv show of cgi and um, it was a bunch of sketches like one of the sketches was a dinosaur was a dentist oh. it was a weird show that sounds hilarious uh, <laughs> pretty cure never heard of it world of quest nope the secret files of the spy dogs nope urban vermin sonic x uh i didn't watch sonic x the sonic i liked was sonic underground mm, uh, yeah i liked the intro to sonic underground sonic underground was on pop i remember yeah uh tutenstein tutenstein i don't know <laughs> Once punch, uh, <laughs> and then oh okay, Yu-Gi-Oh GX. I would have watched Yu-Gi-Oh GX, and, yeah. and the original Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Monsters. I don't remember what show they were, so it could have been Jetix they were on because I definitely watched Yu-Gi-Oh when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, like Jetix UK was all about always action oriented boys programming. Oh, here we go. We got a UK section. Uh, so Power Rangers RPM. Yeah, I definitely watched that. Totally Spies? I remember Totally Spies. It was an animated series about, like, three French girls, and they just were spies, and it introduced, like, every fetish to everyone. Yeah, like, I, wouldn't, one I, at... I wouldn't have watched this show because <laughs> it's got girls on the cover, and there's a flower, yeah. so it's a girl show. Um, I, I remember this show. I remember liking this show. One of the few shows I actually watched on Jetix. Jetix weren't, wasn't my first choice in terms of, like, TV channels. Yeah. Dinosaur King, oh my god, what a flashback that is. <laughs> it's like rip-off Yu-Gi-Oh! Slash rip-off Pokemon. Uh, it, I remember they had a video game, and I had the video game on the DS as well, and it was a anime where you captured dinosaurs and made them fight like Pokemon. It was Pokemon, but with dinosaurs. Damn. Okay, uh, I never watched Pokemon or anything like that. Uh, no, I loved it, and I remember, I remember Dinosaur King. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, it, I think that's pretty much the extent of what Jetix was. Yeah, yeah, I've got the animated series of Dungeons and Dragons on DVD. Nerd. Uh, on on DVD, it's an annoying series because it ended without a, f- a conclusion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so nothing gets wrapped up. But I think <laughs> the fir- the last three seasons, or maybe it's the first three, are produced by Jetix, so they have the mm. Jetix logo. But uh, I never, that show's too old for me to have watched when it actually aired. Uh, I just bought the DVDs because I was like, oh, this is a D&D show I've never heard of. Let's watch that. And it's, like, pretty fun. Oh, well, there you go. So a little history about Jetix UK. It was launched as Fox Kids in 1996, and in 2001, Disney acquired Fox Family Worldwide, which owned 76% of Fox Kids. 
and now fast forward to like 2022 and Disney own absolutely everything. Uh, Fox Kids was rebranded as Jetix in uh, 2004 and then eventually in 2008 Disney bought out the remaining 26% share and rebranded the channel as Disney XD in 2009 and they were aimed at boys between 6 to 14. But yeah, um, yeah, Disney won everything nowadays. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've got quite the monopoly, don't they? You know. Yeah. Di- it's interesting. Disney Plus has got a great selection of programs, but, yeah, but I not K nine, not yeah, K nine, not 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 K nine. But I only use Disney Plus to watch the latest Marvel or Star Wars show. Any other time, my mm. Netflix is still my go to. Yeah, same here. I think I've only watched like one episode of the nineteen nineties Spider Man series, I which think is great. The UI for Disney Plus is just horrendous. So yeah, I, <laughs> I think it might be one of the best UIs, which mm-hmm. is interesting. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Disney had plans to franchise K Nine through mobile phones as well f- as through its TV channel. So yeah. K9 was originally meant to air on mobile phones as well, which is a crazy concept in 2007, which obviously technology wasn't as advanced here in those days, I don't think. No, it was still flip phones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. While Park Entertainment was looking at developing electronic toys, games, and comic strips based on the character, which again, never came to fruition, which I'm not shocked because the show kind of just came and went without much fanfare. Uh, K9 had to be redesigned as it was owned by the BBC while character was owned by Baker. And in 2007, the year after it gets picked up by Jetix, Dave Martin sadly passes away in March. And Bob Baker was finding some hard times around this time. He was quickly shocked to be pushed aside and kept out of all decision making. And he's he's quoted as saying, In my naivete, I thought my reputation in Doctor Who and Wallace and Gromit and other things would be enough. But no, our new man at Disney, after a rather heavy conversation, told me he knew two Canadian writers who would love to do episodes 1 and 2. Park Entertainment's Simon Barnes hinted that it was a question of standing my ground and not doing the series, or allowing it and see the series go ahead. What did I want? So yeah, um, yeah. Yikes! Yikes! Yeah, that, it, it, it it like imagine just creating this character and like wanting it, the series to go one way, I and mean, all of a sudden you're you're not you're pushed out of the room, you're pushed out of all creative meetings and decisions. That sounds tough on him. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I feel like it's going to be a story that's way too common in the industry. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely is. Uh, so the Canadian partners eventually dropped out, and the Australian company Screen Australia became a co-financer and co-distributor. And because they financed most of the show, it was natural for them to take over the bulk of creative control. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the original concept got retooled by Australian writers Shane Krauss and Shane Armstrong. And they, these guys didn't do much. Um, they did like mostly independent like horror Australian films and all that. But they did eventually do Johnny Bravo Goes Bollywood. Yeah, Johnny Bravo was like an American uh, animated show on Cartoon Network. Uh, it was made by Hanna-Barbera as one of her like, last co-productions. 
And eventually it became apparent that India really loved jo- Johnny Bravo. So he decided to do, to do a one-off special called Johnny Bravo Goes to Bollywood. Where Johnny Bravo would go to obviously to India. And it was written by these two apparently. Which is huh. insane. <laughs> I have no history with Johnny Bravo. Uh, I know what it looks like. I never watched it. I loved Johnny Bravo, but I feel like it probably doesn't hold up nowadays. I haven't seen it in years, but he's basically just a womanizer and, yeah, a lot of sexist humor, I would assume. Dunno, never watched a single episode. So, yeah, things got bad with these two writers, according to Bob Baker. Uh, Bob Baker asked the two men to come up with a two-paged outline of the first two episodes, and they eventually came back with 35 pages worth instead. So that two pages became 35 pages, which How? is insane. There's no story, unless they went into just a deep dive into the lore of the world. The, yeah. There's like no I, yeah. story in those first two episodes, but it is set in like a futuristic London under an authoritarian government. And there's all these different, so maybe they just went deep into world building. Uh, so Bob Baker says these scripts, uh, these uh, outlines were practically scripts, and K9 was only in two pages of episode two, and it, it appears that things didn't change much because K9 spends most of episode two in a bin. <laughs> yep, yep, he does. He does indeed. Just in a just just in a bin, looking, looking at, at baked beans. beans. Yeah, good time, just sleeping uh, away. <laughs> Uh, so Bob Baker was rightfully furious, and he found out that the two men had control over every aspect. Writers, directors, and even actors. And he, he went back to the UK just pissed off and just like, I'm not going to work on this anymore. And Paul uh, Paul Tams was left to deal with them. Eventually Paul Tams begged him to come back as they started dictating costumes, props, and even designs, which was Paul's area. Uh, the two Shanes even began rejecting writers and directors either because they disliked them or they thought they might be better than them, which is insane. Wow, those guys really locked themselves into a role and it's it's like a, a mad grab for power and somehow these guys came out on top. Yeah, like, these sound like the worst guys ever to be bosses with. And yeah. then uh, Bob Baker was furious and he came back to Australia to find that the Shanes were being credited as co-creators. Uh, Bob got them to change their credits to developed for television instead. So yeah, these two guys were just going to be like, oh yeah, we're the co-creators of this show. Which is, like, K9 was obviously created by Bob Baker and Dave Martin. Like, you can't do that. It's insane to think about I like it. I, um, like, I like the uh, the 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 balls to try yeah. <laughs> to at least try. They almost got away with it, you know. <laughs> uh, so Bob eventually met the rest of the production team and found that they were lovely, hardworking people, and they also hated the ideas proposed by machines, mostly throwing them in the bin. <laughs> oh. And um, Bob joined the rest of the crew in the script department, and they completely rewrote all of their scripts. Apparently. Machines tasked themselves with writing 12 episodes, but found they had bitten off more than they could chew, so they wrote 8 instead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tw- quite the ego 12 on these episodes. Guys. Quite the ego on these guys. Imagine being like, oh yeah, we want to do 12 episodes out of 26 episodes in a TV production where things are so fast-paced you can't even like do rewrites or anything like that. It's insane to think about. Yeah, yeah, it's a good... good. I'm glad that they're co- at least someone's confident in their ability. 
Uh, so Bob Baker eventually co-wrote episode 22 with Paul Tams and he wrote episode 23 himself. Now I watched these two episodes. Episode 22 is a clip show. So I'm not sure why he needed Paul Tams to do the co-writing with. It's so complicated, you know. How do you get the clip to play? <laughs> you know? It's a hard, it's a hard bit. Yeah, it was a, it, it, it's a bizarre episode because why do it? I think it might have been like one of the last ever clip shows because clip shows aren't that common anymore at all. It's always sunny in Philadelphia have the best clip show episode of all time. Yeah, what it, happened in that? It gets really uh, weird and meta. It starts off as a clip show and then it starts being that they get trapped in each other's imaginations <laughs> and they start trying to change the past by remembering it differently. Uh, <laughs> it's It's really good. I need to watch that show. You do, it's the best show ever. Uh, South Park had a similar clip show where every segment would end with him eating ice cream and just misremembering <laughs> how the events ended. That's great as well. Uh, so by the end of 2008, the series starts shooting and uh, Bob Baker was rather proud of the series despite having to ordeal so much stress. And then also in 2009, the series aired as a sneak peek on Disney XD UK and in January 11th, 2010, it begins airing in Scandinavia. And on April 3rd, which was the day Matt Smith first became the Doctor, the series begins airing properly on in the UK and Australia on not, on, on Network 10. So yeah. Um, and in December 2010, the series begins broadcasting on Channel 5, and it reaches a wider audience, and it was very well received to, according to the official canine Twitter, and they were hoping to make, make an announcement soon on a season 2. So on this on Channel 5, the first 21 episodes aired daily. And then they took a month break to air the next two episodes. And then nearly three months later, they aired the next two episodes. And we never aired the final episode, so it sounds to me like the ratings started dropping and they got sick of the show. Yikes. That's, you know, it starts off with such promise with them airing yeah. every episode weekly and then they just kind of drop it and they're like, eh, don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds rough. And then, you know, we hear nothing from K9. So we're, so we're obviously past the stage of the series coming out and it's aired everywhere. And we're past the stage of a show just airing. And we hear nothing about the show until June 2012, a year and a half later. And Bob and Paul enter a new production partnership and hope for a further 26 episodes and they start tweaking K9's design even more, listening to viewers' complaints. Uh, so one of the complaints was the ears of K9, which was apparently a Disney decision. Now, I don't give a shit about K9's ears. What about you? <laughs> I don't think I noticed them at all. Uh, the thing that yeah. stands out to K9 for me is everything else <laughs> you know i hate the design in general uh but the ears aren't the bit i'm fixated on it's the body and the yeah. shape and the head it's the head i don't like i think a lot as well yeah yeah we'll talk about that uh but by D september 2012 the show begins airing on bbc kids in canada which also aired like episodes of sarah jane adventures and even doctor who occasionally and uh, then in december 25th 2012 on Christmas Day, it finally makes its premiere on US television on sci-fi as a weird kind of marathon. 
basically, I think they just bought the show cheap, cheaply and thought, yeah, the show is shit, let's just air it when nobody's watching. <laughs> I love the sci-fi channel. It was it was when I did watch TV that I'd always put the sci-fi channel on because either it had Stargate and Stargate was yeah. li- literally the best sci-fi show ever, or it had just some random crap you've never heard of that was a hundred percent cheese, like or 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 it's called the Seafy channel now. Yeah, yeah, Seafy. Yeah, yeah. I remember dumbest name. I remember when they changed it to Seafy. Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. But yeah, again, there's silence on production of K9 until 2014. Two years later, uh, Paul Tam starts a Kickstarter for a CGI meerkat superhero cartoon. And in his Kickstarter, he says that he and Bob have been sitting out a a protracted production deal before bringing K9 back as K9 Adventures with a total reboot, making the series they always envisioned. Uh, the Kickstarter, by the way, got cancelled with only £362 oh. out of a £20,000 donation goal. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah. £362 raised out of 20000 Ouch. Yeah, ow. But, you know, they wanted to make Canine Adventures a new, a new reboot of the show, which... Obviously never worked out. Uh, 2015, August, the Essential Book of K9 releases after a successful crowdfunding campaign. And it has behind-the-scenes information for both Doctor Who and K9 series, as well as fictional comic and prose stories written by Bob Baker. So yeah, we, uh, I, I tried to get my hands on this book. Couldn't find a copy of it. It's It's gone from existence at this oh. point. Oh. And then... 2015, October 24th, like this is six years later almost, Bob and Paul announced no season two, and a film instead was to be made due 2017 called K9 Timequake. K9 Timequake to be produced in the UK, and I will read the hypnosis for it. The new K9 will be appearing in a multi-million dollar movie which promises to be a great action adventure set in deep space. The film will be full of dashing heroes and heroines, androids, monstrous aliens, and an ultimate fool, and an ultimate foe, who will also be familiar to Doctor Who fans everywhere, the megalomaniac Omega. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Yeah, Omega was the villain of the first anniversary special, The Three Doctors, written by Bob and Dave. Okay. And we'll get to that in November. Yeah. So, I, right? Yeah. Would not buy this film. And yeah, it, it, There's no details in anything apart from the villain. <laughs> yeah, there's no details in anything apart from the villain. And also, I don't want to watch at least 90 minutes of K9. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I barely want to watch 25 minutes of K9. Yeah, that's completely fair. It's yeah, I can't imagine a K nine film going to a cinema and being like, "Can I get a ticket to K nine, please?" Yeah, I can't imagine sitting... that either because I book my tickets in advance. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and and then sitting there with a bunch of screaming kids as you watch that robot dog just no 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 okay. fly around on screen. That's completely inaccurate. What it would be is you would buy your ticket. You'd go to the cinema, and no one else would be there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this movie was 
really on the tracks of getting delivered. Like a month after announcement, the third draft was complete. So that's pretty much usually the final draft is the third draft, and occasionally a little bit of rewrites here and there. But yeah, this this was on goal for 2017. In 2016, in April. Uh, we announced that all was going to plan with the movie. The script was with casting agents now. And in May, we attended the Cannes Film Festival to try and find potential buyers for a film. And then, guess what happens? Nobody buys it. Com- complete silence for the next year. <laughs> so yeah, nobody buys it. Yeah. In 2017, in May, they reveal a brand new look for K9. Previously, Paul was unhappy with the ears, and designer Lee Adams tried to make them more expressive, more box-shaped like the original design, retaining his original colour, and that image is on screen now. And yeah, what do you think of his design? It looks pretty much the same. <laughs> I was about to say, if you asked me, without telling me that the ears had changed, what yeah. was different, the only thing I would say is the body has more lines on it. <laughs> yeah it looks very much like the disney version apart from the ears are different the color is different and it's more silver now yeah and the, he's got more crap on his body and it's... now on screen we're looking at like all three versions back to back and you can tell there's like no not much difference between the two canine yeah. on the right and left <laughs> i will say the redesign looks better yeah uh, but they still, both of them just look like cheap toys. Like like ro- like the toy robot dog you could get for a couple years. They look exactly yeah. <laughs> like that. Like, exactly. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. If you do, like, little backflips. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. Exact, that exact robot dog. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's not a bad design, you know? It's not a it, good it, design. You, you can still tell it's K9, mainly because K9 is on, <laughs> on its leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the movie's going on track, and in July of 2017, they announced John Leeson is coming back to the role. So he's 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 coming back to the role, the, the iconic voice that you apparently really hate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like it in small doses. I I don't think I could deal with it for long periods of time. It's not so yeah. much the voice; it's more the writing of the voice. You know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in October of 2017, K9 celebrates its 40th anniversary, which is insane. And it's like 20 years since they tried to get the series on track as well. Ucha, ucha. So, again, complete silence. In September of 2018, over a year later, they announced that there is a major multi-million series in the works that will bring K9 back as a standalone hero that he deserves to be. And they say, we have entered into a partnership with a major US-UK company and are currently now developing a new multi-million dollar series which will establish K9 brand, will establish the K9 brand prior to the release of a feature film. And the show will be set in space akin to Guardians of the Galaxy and will look to appeal to new and old audiences. Uh, yeah, our, our favorite show. Yeah, we watched that. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I don't know if you did. You ever watch Arrested Development? Because I can just I've... imagine the uh, narrator's voice going, "It won't." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've watched like one episode of Arrested Development, but yeah, the it's... first three seasons are great, and then when Netflix <clears> takes <throat> over, it becomes horrendous. Yeah, I I keep hearing that. That's why I never watched it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 
So yeah, that series was announced in 2018 of September, and almost a year later, in July of 2019, the mirror states K9 is set for a comeback in a new TV series for children. The series will see a redesigned K9 who appears to be a bit battle damaged, taking part in a space war. A source revealed, he's going to look more industrial and covered in rivets, and uh, the two companies are and two companies are bidding for the latest spin-off, which will which will be produced in the UK. It never happened. <laughs> yeah, and then complete silence for over another year. In October of 2020, they announced a new book, K9 Megabytes, which has prequel stories connected to the film, and they bring back the Oxons, Mandrills, and the Time Lord Drax. And it releases in December of that year. Again, I couldn't get a copy of this because it, it really sold in limited editions. And then in November, in unrelated news almost, Cutaway Comics start a Kickstarter for an, an Omega audio series and they'll cast Brian Blast in the role if they reach Target. Okay. Yeah? Okay. Would you listen to that? I'd listen to Brian Blasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give, give yeah. it, I, I like his voice. Big deep voice man. And uh, also, by the way, that's the last thing we heard about K9 in October oh, wow. of 2020. Because in 2021, on November 5th, Bob Baker sadly passes away. He had recently completed scripts for both a new K9 film and a TV series. And this production will apparently continue in tribute to Bob and his legacy. So, yeah, yeah we'll, like we'll, we'll see. <laughs> like all the other TV shows and movies that are definitely coming out. You know, it's yeah. not. I don't think it's. I do not think it's going to come out ever. Yeah, I would it definitely. Won't. I would be shocked, like beyond shocked, if we get a trailer for K Nine, or here casting, or they actually move into production on yeah. anything K Nine related because it is not a profitable medium. <laughs> You know, nobody cares about K9, unfortunately. And poor old Bob Baker tried for like yeah. 15 years to prove that people did care about K9, and all he proved was that people didn't care about K9. Yeah, yeah. To cut a long story short, they spent 12 years trying to get a TV series on the air. They eventually got the TV series, and then they spent another 12 years trying to get a movie and another TV series out. And I don't think it's going to work out like they hoped it would, no, sadly. No, unfortunately. I, I, I kind of do want it to come out just for the sake of like, oh yeah, Bob wanted it to come out. But either way, I, I don't care. I don't care about K9, he, to be honest. He cared too much. He's the only man that cared about K9. Pretty much, yeah. Not even Dave Martin cared that much about K9. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a guy who came up with K9 as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's it, it's not going to happen, which is a sad way to end our little tale. But, you know, we'll keep an eye out on potential news of this thing. But it yeah, probably won't yeah. happen, you know. I, I very much doubt it. But yeah, that's that's a history of the terrible long history of K9. Oh my Took goodness. almost an hour to get I through. I did indeed. I wonder if that will be our longest preamble and history segment up to this how, day. How long was our preamble for uh, Doctor Who the movie? Because that was long as well. I think it was like 40 minutes maybe. I don't remember because <laughs> I haven't listened to that episode since I edited it about <laughs> half a year ago. So no idea. 
but it's probably long. It's a four-hour-long podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we shall jump into the first episode of K9 Regeneration. Nice one. You again. Georgie, isn't it? What do you want? Same as you. To make a difference. I've told you before. Stark reality works alone. Fine. What about plain old Starky, then? He's not a lone wolf, is he? How'd you get my real name? Hacked your criminal activity file. I admire your work. I want to help. Too slow, Robofuzz. Come on. Get an and Sick. like that, we dive into the episode. But before we do, Scott, uh -huh. since we are about to watch probably the one of the most strangest shows ever created, I figured I couldn't do it without being at least slightly inebriated. And that is why <laughs> ah, I'm going to have a beer about and, watching and this episode. Any excuse for you to drink, man? Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's a, a bit more of a problem than anything. Uh, canine has brought you to oh, alcohol. I did a terrible <laughs> job pouring this beer. That's atrocious. <laughs> I'm not even uh, show it on camera. Uh, it was that bad? Yeah, for our audio listeners, uh, he just he's drinking beer. In case yes. you can't tell by my fact, he just said I'm drinking beer. <laughs> it is a beer from North Brewing Company called Piñata. It is a mango and guava pale ale with a 4.5% alcoholic volume. Uh, I enjoy a citrusy beer from time to time, and this sounded pretty citrusy. Uh, very, is, very appropriate for K9. Very, very hazy for a pale ale. That's interesting. <laughs> let the just insane head I gave it slowly melt away, and then I'll show it off to the camera because it's... I really did a bad job pouring it. <laughs> Uh, but while that happens, let's let's jump into the episode, shall we? <laughs> so before we jump into the scenes, the show just straight up opens with the intro to the show. There's no cold open to lead you into the new series. It's just bang, here's our theme song. Uh, and what did you think of the K9 theme song and the intro credits as well? Right, that's interesting because episode one, you're watching the DVD, I'm yes. watching it on YouTube. So on YouTube, the intro is just a short, truncated version. It's just like, oh, here's a show, K9. It's called Regeneration. And it just oh. starts. Yeah, they, they've, K they've, they've trimmed out the entire... The, on the DVD, you get the whole song. Yeah, the whole song is played in episode two, funnily enough. But yeah, when it was aired, just, yeah, I guess, we just thought, yeah, we don't need an intro. Fuck them. But yeah, the intro itself is okay. It's just like a just like a, like a a blueprint of what K9 actually looks like. Yeah, it's, is... it's like fine enough decent CG, though. Like the, the actual like art design into the intro itself looks pretty good. I think it holds up relatively well, as yeah. as bland as it is. Yeah, K9 as a CGI component in this show is usually pretty decent as a whole. Nah, I would say. Sometimes it's a <laughs> bit atrocious, but yeah, so it's only sometimes. But yeah, when 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 he's floating around next to other characters, I'm yeah, I'm not sure if it's CGI or not. That's a thing. I'm not sure if it's like somebody a prop hand just holding K9 up or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do a good job mixing uh, what must be a practical effect with yeah. some CG. It has to be. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the intro's fine. The song itself is kind of 
catchy, kind of forgettable. You know, it's just kind of like it's kind of Doctor Who esque inspired with the long like. That's my impression. You know, it's 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 just got that hint, that tint of Doctor Who to it, but uh, it's it's kind of just meh. It's certainly no Canine and Company. Yeah. I'll tell you. I that genuinely, much. I was let down that the the I think the the Canine Company is ironically good. Like it's so bad, <laughs> it's good. This is just kind of forgettable, and I'd yeah. much rather have something be so bad it's good. Like I'd love if this intro was just Canine. <laughs> canine you know you, you know what we should do um we should recreate that theme song with clips from canine with canine yeah yeah <laughs> that'd be perfect but yeah. too much effort a lot of, a lot of editing <laughs> <laughs> but let's go into the scenes the intro is kind of excellent <laughs> <laughs> yeah Right up until uh, what's his face starts talking. So the, we open to just this really intimidating shot of a giant gothic building, which you are made to assume it's this big, evil, grandiose building. And the and it's actually it's the building to one of our heroes, the professor. Uh, but whenever I see that building, I go, "He's a bad guy. It's a bad guy's bu-. like it's it's a real evil looking building. I don't know why they chose to make him live in the most evilest of buildings." <laughs> Yeah, the building was uh, originally um, in the show. It was like a police station, but then all the police officers were replaced by robots. And now he lives there because he's the guy who is a technical advisor to the police department, I guess. Hmm. Uh, We've got two basically, you know, men in black approaching up to the door and one of them's holding a briefcase. They ring the doorbell, then they ring it again. There's a light bit of comedy for you. Ha ha ha. Uh... And we open the 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 doors get open to the professor wearing a giant silly hat, uh, which tells you everything you need to know about his character, don't you? Yeah, it's very much like you know in Back to the Future when yes, Martin McFly yes, travels yes, yes, to yes. nineteen uh, fifty five, and the first time we see Doc Brown, he's got his mind control helmet. And it, but the thing is, we don't really focus on the helmet. We don't really focus on. We don't really get a proper glimpse at the professor himself because it's either yeah. in a wide shot or a really extreme close-up. And it feels yeah. like, why not just have his face on frame in a clear view so we yeah. get to know this character I, I do. I, I do want to say, though, that extreme close-up is absolutely stunning. It is an incredible yeah. shot. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This is like the best shot of the show. Not, not <laughs> being ironic here. It's just like there is no need for this shot to be this good. And there's another shot near the end of the show, like in the very last episode, where he's walking outside for the very first time because he's got agoraphobia. And it's like, yeah, this is a great shot. And it's like, why hasn't, why doesn't the rest of the show have this kind of creativity? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. you know, um, it's, it's a it's a cheap Disney afternoon show it's all right yeah but they uh you know they give him the briefcase he opens up and that's where we get the really nice shot of his eyes where he's looking at it and he's like oh this is exciting and the men in black tell me they've got it what was it two weeks or 24 hours or something like that they give him a time limit yeah i think it was 24 hours yeah it's a ticking clock and he claps close the door in their face uh but as he's looking as that close-up's in the soundtrack starts to kick in you know, and it's this kind of really funky, like cyberpunk esque soundtrack. And then he slams the doors and walks away, and bam! We cut to this giant floating billboard 
of like a police state that we're in and we realize this isn't you know the london or the, well, we find out it's london i actually didn't know it was london until they said london but it's like this dystopian <laughs> city that we're actually in and it's not the not the reality we're used to and all that stuff i was like oh this is a really solid opening to this show yeah and then we get to meet our main <laughs> character and i'll talk about him in a moment because he's the worst <laughs> But yeah, it op- it opens up and it feels exactly like Blade Runner, you know, with the with mm-hmm. the projection hologram thing. Yeah, nineteen eighty four meets Blade Runner. Yeah, and it, it it it's off to a good start, and we're one minute five seconds in as on my it end. loses it loses all that good goodwill almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we see our main character. Uh, expert pro hacker stark reality uh, as he's hacking into a fence that is for some reason connected to these <laughs> giant floating billboards uh, and he changes the message from the you know we're here for your protection this is a police state uh, to nobody thinks and nobody gets hurt which I fail to see how that's a protest sort of slogan <laughs> uh but whatever uh, it's like nobody thinks nobody gets hurt stark reality and then this girl just kind of walks up to him and you know they start chatting and she's like hey do you need any help with that and he's like uh stark reality works alone and then she goes yeah but what about starky and then he's like oh my god how did you figure out my name my my excellent my excellent disguise has been blown immediately it's so stupid yeah it's it's not a good sign. We're t- less than two minutes in, and we're already m- nitpicking it. Well, not it's not nitpicking. It's, it's a just... huge, giant, ridiculous floss. You know, yeah. and this is—I said this to you. It's like if my secret monitor was Matt Mysterious, <laughs> and then you went, "Oh, Matt!" And I went, "Oh my God, you figured out my name. How did you do that?" Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a good sign for the quality of writing for a show. To be fair, this might be the dumbest. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, def- show. It's, it's really dumb. It just so happens it's right at the first, it's like the first proper scene with our main character. Uh, there's something else I want to talk about in this scene. I don't know if you will have no- if you noticed this or not. Uh, and it happens for quite a few scenes, but for, for this one, it's really, really obvious to me. Uh, ADR. Yes. All the yes. audio is ADR. <laughs> not, not, like all their dialogue doesn't match their face at all. It's so distracting. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like yeah, it, it feels like it's a foreign show almost. But yeah, yeah it's like most, but but it's like mo- I feel like most of the scenes feel ADR to me. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at their mouths and I'm like, this doesn't match. You get like an uncanny valley sort of feeling. Yeah, yeah we already know like the very unprofessional behind the scenes uh, reality of a show. Just fight, uh, just lots of fighting and the creators being like dickheads and all that. And I feel like. Maybe they lost the original audio file, you know, like as an as a possibility. And because this is a pilot, we're like, we can't go back and shoot this again, so we have to yeah. ADR it, which is insane to think about. Yeah, but it's it's so. And I honestly, I thought I was going crazy at some <laughs> points because I'm like, is it? It can't. Surely they didn't ADR this entire scene where they're clearly in a studio. Like, yeah, I I am I'm glad you noticed this. And yeah, every scene is in a studio. There's no exterior scenes as well. It's like obviously every scene is this studio scene, which is inc- incredible. Yeah, it's not even like they had to deal with wind, and that's why yeah. it was ADR. You know, nobody's hair gets blown by the wind because they're in a studio. <laughs> uh, but besides that, you know, they start chatting a little bit, and then suddenly, ah, the police are coming, 
uh, this is going to be an intimidating threat, you know. But nope, it's the slowest moving Robocops you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And these policemen in later episodes, they just turn into comic relief, which removes every single bit of tension you could ever have with these police officers. Well, I mean, all the tension I had lost got lost in this first scene when the police officers are approaching. Starkey stands up and he goes, too slow, guys, and basically walks away. Like, he calls he calls them <laughs> Robo Fuzz. Yeah, yeah. Which is he's he's not the sharpest tool. In and, the, shape, and then you know. Georgie's like, Oh get a upgrade. Yeah. Oh what an insult. Yeah. Although that plays lovely as a lovely segue into my fan theory, my head uh-huh. cannon for this show. I've told you about the head cannon before that I came up with while watching it, because this show clearly isn't set in the Doctor Who universe. Yeah. Like, it's just not connected to the Doctor Who canon at all. And so I was trying to justify its existence because we've got K-9, which is part of the Doctor Who universe. And how could K-9 exist in this world? We're about to, in a few minutes, have K-9 sucked in through a portal uh, into this world. And so my assumption is that that is an interdimensional portal. And it Mm. pulls him through Dimension 1, we'll call it, with Doctor Who being all Doctory, into Dimension 2, which will be the dimension with the Cybermen from the episode where the Cybermen come back with David Tennant. Uh, Because in that uh, universe, one, they were more technologically advanced. Remember, they had like giant blimps floating around London because Rose was never born, and Rose was the reason why technology slowed down what a weird episode uh (laughs) (laughs) you know they had these these giant blimps and they were more advanced in technology and then of course they had the cyberman problem eventually uh mickey and his boyfriend uh deal with all the cybermen in that universe and then you're left with all this new advanced technology what do you do make robocops and become a police state because businesses went out of control entrepreneurship went overboard capitalism went too far and you know everybody got turned into cybermen so now unit or as they're going to be called now uh the oh what are they called in the show the 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 the, who are the bad guys what are they called department the department yeah yeah, yeah, UNIT have rebranded themselves as the department, taking control of Parliament, and have set across on quote-unquote peacekeeping across the United Kingdom with their new cyber cops, who are the leftover scraps from the Cybermen, or some remaining Cybermen that they've remodeled and rebuilt. And that's why she says, get an upgrade, because she was a child back when the Cybermen were attacking and still has that leftover scars, you know, and that's a little what, bit what? of an insult in, you can throw. In, in like, 2006... Yeah, yeah, why not? Because uh, this show's this is, set... This is set way past 2010. They say in, I think, the next this, episode, let's travel um, back in time to 2010. This show is set in 2050, so yeah, this this uh, 46-year-old yeah. girl... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe she's heard stories, you know? Maybe her grandmother passed on stories to her about... Or her mother, I don't maybe. know how old her parents are, about the Cyberman. Or it would just be history, wouldn't it? It would just be like, this yeah. is why we have Robocops. This is why we have to live like this, because in the past, things, you know, went a bit awry. Uh, and if we remember anything from that universe... Uh, my assumption is the Doctor doesn't exist in that pocket universe mm. because nobody on Earth had ever heard of him and the Cybermen were the first real problem they have. So it's likely aliens also don't exist in that universe. And whenever they do appear, it's interdimensional travel from the Doctor's universe and that's why the aliens keep coming. Or maybe the aliens do exist and that's why they look weird in this one compared to regular Doctor Who. But yeah, that's my theory. This is a continuation of <laughs> Universe 2. Yeah, I could I could buy that theory mainly because there's a later episode in which 
Um, to jump ahead a little bit, uh, the professor's family died apparently, or is missing because it's never. Yeah, really he's he's st- he's trying to get them back. Basically, that's his yeah. motivation. But basically, there's an episode where like they come back as kind of ghosts, which suggests uh, they come back as ghosts and they kind of drain the life force of people, which kind of suggests it's kind of like a interdimensional thing as well. Mm, yeah, I think yeah. there's one. There's, I think there's one point where K9's like, "Oh, uh, this time machine goes in three directions, which I presume is space, time, and dimension." Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. is it? And yeah, I, I, I can totally imagine this world to have like blimps in the background or whatever kind of things. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it fits the yeah. aesthetic, doesn't it? You know? Totally. Uh, so, creators of the show who are no longer <laughs> probably producing TV, hire me and I'll reboot the show and make it good for you. Uh, <laughs> because I've already done more world building in two minutes of your program than you did in 26 episodes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Starkey and the girl go running through some alleyways it's some really generic looking alleyways and they just so happen to stumble into the professor's house uh there's a bit of comedy where starkey's like "Uh uh-huh i know how to hack a door and he sticks like a ruler into the lock and it breaks i guess it's supposed to be like a cyber hacking device uh and it breaks and then the girl just opens the door so how did it break if nothing was if there was no lock? i don't understand the joke i don't know uh, but yeah. um i i presume this is i i guess this is like a substitute for a sonic screwdriver like oh yeah it's, he's got mm. his own device to open doors and then it breaks to prove i guess a point <laughs> i guess <laughs> uh but yeah they walk into the professor's house which is very different on the inside than it is on the outside yeah, it's it's definitely TARDIS inspired, mainly because you know it's it's an old police station. We even get the, like the police sign just outside the doors as well. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying the character, <laughs> the professor, who lives in his giant police house, uh, is and has a giant and has a time machine, or he's trying to build one, uh, is somehow uh, like stand-in for the Doctor? Oh no, I'm not saying that at all. Okay, good, because I was about to call you insane. Because <laughs> there's there's no way the show would do anything like that. That's too oh, obvious. No. no, the professor is an original character. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think it's the best character in the show. Uh, ironically, he kind of is the yeah. best character <laughs> of the show. Well, he's a character. So. <laughs> So, Starkey and the girl walk into the giant house as the professor's working on some machine up some stairs. And I'll give the show one one credit here. The set for the mansion is stunning. It is a really good set, and I think they make pretty decent use of it. And the camera work in this specific scene, with a crane, like, panning with them, going through, really showing you the grand scale of this mansion, is really well done. Uh, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll give them those two those two checks there because that bit was well done. Yeah, they also made great use of the crane in the last episode as well. I think they only used a crane for like two episodes, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't have Probably any expensive. budget to make." Yeah. <laughs> and also, they spend like eighty percent of the show in this mansion because also the professor can't go outside because of his agoraphobia, and it's like so much time is spent here it's obviously just to make the show even cheaper yeah yeah Yeah, but it does help it's a really nice set yeah but uh they make their way upstairs and it's a really good i think that the professor is like kind of deaf because he doesn't hear them talking at full volume (laughs) as they're (laughs) hiding behind him 
Yeah, uh, uh, most of the talking in this scene is just like, oh yeah, we have to explain to the little kids what is exactly going on. The professor's like, uh, the professor brings back like a image of his family, and he's like, oh my family, I brought them back, which is a totally realistic thing for somebody to say to their own. Yeah, and uh, he's like, he's bringing his family back from the past. Is I guess the assumption. I guess. Because uh, he's building, like, this... It's essentially a vortex manipulator to pull people into it. Uh, and Starkey and that gets kind of weirded out by it. And it's like, oh, this is strange. And then Starkey forgets how to walk. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, trips over a cable. He didn't trip over walking, for, like, towards it. But walking back, he just doesn't pick up his feet and completely yanks out the socket. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 just turns into Chuckle Brother stuff, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I think this scene is really let down by so much stuff all at the same time in that yeah. the performances become really weak, the writing becomes atrocious, and the blocking doesn't make any sense in that he knocks over the cable and then, you know, the machine sputters out and the professor's like, oh my god, what happened? What did you do? Who are you? Why are you in my house? What's going on? And while Starkey's like got this really bad looking prop that he's jamming into a wall being like, I'm so sorry. You know, <laughs> like, it's, it's so bad. Uh, and then we get a cameo to the show I wasn't expecting to have when four radical teenage dudes show up uh, through the portal. Yeah, you know the uh, Ninja Turtles live action series? It feels like we just use the same prop teenage department. Mutant, Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, the TMNT show up and we get a bit of the excellent wit that we're going to experience throughout the rest of the show uh, when the girl whose name I just simply don't remember Georgie okay uh, Georgie Uh, the girl Georgie is like what are those and the professor and Starkey go aliens at the same time and that's ha 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 and she goes what kind of aliens and then Starkey's like oh the unfriendly kind obviously even though the turtles have just stood they've not done anything to present themselves as unfriendly they're just there you know they could literally be like regular turtles and just (laughs) slowly walk across the floor Starkey's a racist also, you know, in later episodes, it turns out the Jixton actually are nice people. Um, I can't remember the specifics, but they basically... So, here's a long story short. K-9 was basically framed for murder of, like, a, a peacekeeper dude. But a bounty killer actually killed the peacekeeper and tried to blame K-9 for it. So, the Jixton followed K-9, thinking that he killed the peacekeeper dude... And they couldn't speak English, so they just grunted, and yeah. And and like episode 25, they basically find more Jixin, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. They find one underneath the sewers, because of course. (laughs) And and one of them has like a big library, and he's learning English, and he's like, yeah, I'm a good guy. That's the end of that story. (laughs) Excellent. What an excellent arc. That's from episode one. That was an arc they planned (laughs) out. Um... But they start. But yeah, running. Um, sorry. The Jixin basically. Uh, there's an evil villain in episode three called the Corvin. You've seen that episode. Basically, the Corvin is the mastermind bet- behind the division, uh, the department. Sorry, 
and the uh, he they're, they're basically wanting to take over the world use the machine use the time machine to take over the world to get all the uh, Corvin onto the planet and Jixon wants to warn the Earth of the Corvin. It's all complicated bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you went on and semi-watched the rest of the series while I watched three episodes and was like, that's basically it. But from what you've described to me, the show becomes just ridiculously complicated uh, yeah. for a children's show. Like, I, I wouldn't say it's complicated. Where's the, where's it's the talk com- about soil? <laughs> it's more convoluted. <laughs> And if you notice, canine doesn't really benefit. Canine doesn't really act in any of that uh, story I just told. He doesn't. Canine really doesn't do anything in the series. He doesn't. No. Canine in this series feels more like a obligation than a desire. Yeah. It's uh, more. You know. Spoiler alert! But canine basically uh, gets hurt every episode. Has to spend most of the episode repowering. I mean, he turns up at the end, goes pew pew pew. I mean, the day is saved. Canine does solve most of his problems by murder. Uh, <laughs> he really does. <laughs> which is great. Uh, but back to this episode, our three new heroes start running away from the TMNT. Uh, they run down some stairs and they're like, oh, what's going on? Uh, and we get our first proper look at the TMNT. And I think that the actual puppet design of them is pretty great. Like, they're a pretty good-looking prosthetic giant costume. Yeah. The worst part about it is they have some sort of visual effect across the turtles that punches your eyes. Like, it is, yeah. like it's physically attacking you as you look at it. It is the worst-looking visual effect I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, to me, I try to describe this to you. It feels like a mixture of stop motion and like a ghosting effect at the same time. Slash, it's underwater. Like, it's also like wavy underwater. Like, it's so horrendous. Like, it just hurts to look at. There's, I don't understand why any, unless they just, they weren't confident in that the the turtles looked good without it on, because maybe there's like a flaw in the actual costume and it looks too fake. Uh, but, uh, when, yeah. when they when they reappear at the end of the show, they kind of I think they stop d- using the effect or use it to a lesser degree, which make makes my eyes very happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's bad. Yeah, it just gives you a migraine. But also, um, the characters are aware of aliens, which I kind of don't like because if you think of Doctor Who, the characters are meant to be like a surrogate for the audience. The companions don't know about aliens, and they're sp- and we're joining in this world where we're amazed and I've had canoned it. I've had canoned yeah. it straight away. Yeah, I've thought of it. So we go back to my to my universe I've created for the show where it's in Dimension Two and Unit have taken over and they're the uh, department now. One of the reasons why the department was able to gain control so quickly and keep control is they released the classified files Unit had uh, from previous alien encounters and they were like, look. Cybermen aren't the only thing we have to worry about. We also have to worry about extraterrestrial threats. And that's why when Starkey sees aliens, the first thing he thinks is they're bad. He doesn't question maybe they're good guys or maybe they've got this. It's, oh, they're aliens. They are bad. Because the department has let out propaganda that this is something we need to be worried about and we need to keep safe by following the police state and listening to us. (laughs) Boom. 
I should be in charge of this show. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that feels like decent headcanon, but also if, if you were in charge of a show, you couldn't tell any of that story, so it's, it's useless at the end of the day. But you know, I know, see, if I was in charge of the show, I would be making a completely different show. I'd be making a political thriller <laughs> of the department's grab for power while we have like people trying to fight back against it and we explore the world more rather than staying in a mansion <laughs> with a robot dog. But yeah, I I am kind of let down by just I I need an audience surrogate basically. I need like Maria in the Sarah Jane Adventure. She discovers aliens across the street from her house. Yeah, uh, Gwen from Torchwood who discovers like this giant underneath. Or any companion in Doctor Who. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah to ask what's that. <laughs> yeah, whereas here it's just like oh yeah, they're aliens and they're bad. Okay, um, yeah. But that's the propaganda the department has fed them. You know, this is a this is an oppressed people we're watching. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's kind of the thing about the show in general. I saw most of the twenty six episodes, and it's like ca- characters really don't discover anything along the way. It just yeah. feels like generic. Oh yeah, bad guy of the week. Sh- uh, the episode's over. Let's start again next week. Status quo. Yeah. At the end of the is... episode, we'll discuss what morals we learned, and usually it's shoot the bad guys to win. Uh, yeah. you know, and then there'll be some sort of bad joke. Ha ha ha! You might as well freeze frame while you're at it. It's that cheesy, you know. Yeah, it, it's probably designed to just be like, because uh, obviously kids tuning into like part four of a story, and we're like, okay, I don't understand what happened last time. I, I'm not gonna watch this. <laughs> I, so I imagine it's designed around, oh, we need to keep this tight, twenty-five minute story, because otherwise viewers, children won't know what's going on, which is yeah. fair, I guess. Yeah, stupid kids. Okay, so... uh, Where were we? We were getting chased by the TMNT. Uh, Starkey gets cornered. uh, Like, they're they're running through the hall. Starkey runs against a pillar and falls to the ground and gets cornered. Then one of the TMNT... uh, Spray him with goo. Uh, (laughs) This will happen to Starkey so many times yeah it's Uh, it's it basically it's basically nickelodeon slime (laughs) yeah yeah because it's a kid's show um and that's definitely what it is uh the uh and then we finally you know starkey's life gets saved by the hero the namesake of the show K9, boom, he appears through the portal as well. He starts saying a bunch of nonsense, and it's a classic-looking K9. It's not the K9 that we see in the Sarah Jane Adventures or that we see in the school reunion, because you were saying it's, what, Mark II K9? Uh, Mark III K9 was in the school reunion. Mark IV was in Sarah Jane Adventures. Okay, so which Mark is this in the show K9? Mark I. Mark I K9, okay. Uh, so it's it's Mark One K Nine. He starts doing what K Nine does best: firing his gun left and right. The, I like the most. Con- that's the most consistent thing with K Nine because if you think back to K Nine and Company, how did K Nine <laughs> stop the cult? He just unloaded lasers into them. You know, mass murder. That's how you solve your problems. <laughs> Again, it is ridiculous seeing a little robot dog just spinning around shooting lasers. Yeah. Uh. But this is an opportunity for Starkey to run out and the professor and that grab him and they're like, we've got to get out of here. And then suddenly Starkey's like, no, we have to go back. We have to save the robot dog. We can't just leave him. And like, what? 
What? Why yeah. would you, that makes no? What? Like yeah, also, also, K nine is in on the inside screaming. I am going to self destruct. Like, don't come back in here because <laughs> otherwise you'll die in the explosion. Yeah, yeah. K nine is like, get out! I'm going to kill myself. And he's like, we've got to go back. Uh, but. Yeah, I like that our first instance in seeing K9, one, he's firing guns like crazy, and then his first choice of action is to just kill himself. <laughs> and, and that's how the show ends. Yeah, and, and to also kill three aliens, three out of the four aliens, in yeah. the first scene. You understand K9's uh, entire character. They really nail that, the characterization of K9, I think. It, it it is bizarre that blown up was like the only answer. Like, yeah. why, why not just move back and just yeah. like canine can move, can't he? Yeah, it's not. It's it's also it's not even like stun or subdue the aliens. It's commit <laughs> be a suicide bomber to kill the aliens. You know. Yeah. It's it's great. Uh, but he explodes. Um, uh, during the scene as well, we find out that the professor doesn't like to go outside because he has, quote-unquote, a condition. Uh, it is a genuine phobia, as far as I'm aware. Uh, yeah. How accurate it's presented in the show? Don't know. It, it's more realistic than um, uh, Better Call Saul's um, <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they come back and they're looking at the rubble and they're like, oh my god, he sacrificed himself for us. What a hero that dog was that we never knew or met or had any connection to in any way. Uh, and for whatever reason, Starkey just sticks his hand into the burning rubble. Like, he's not, not a root, no reason to other than this piece of metal shinier than the other piece of metal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he picks up the, like, essentially the heart of K9. It's his regeneration circuit, I guess. Yeah, the um, head canon of uh, Paul Tams and Bob Baker was that the Time Lords gave K9 regeneration powers, which is fair head canon. Yeah, I mean, if they can just give regeneration powers, because <laughs> they stole it from the Timeless Child, of course, to give themselves yeah. regeneration powers. So, yeah. Yeah, see, he knew about the Timeless Child before anybody. Um, <laughs> uh, they, they start chatting for a very, very brief moment. And we get introduced to the third, no, sorry, the fourth character. Our whole gang is coming together. And he's the worst performing actor in the show who's gone on to have the best career and be a very good actor. Yeah, uh, which is insane. Yeah, he's the worst actor, but yet he's in shows. He's in, um, God, what, 22, yeah, 11? The, time, the, the, <laughs> the Stephen King time travel show, yeah. He's in a bunch. Yeah. Apparently, he's in a war movie as well that he's really, really good in. Like, apparently, he's a solidly good actor. Just not a good child actor, it seems. Yeah. Um, Although, I think he is, like, 20 in this. Oh, okay. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, but he he comes in, like, holding cake and stuff, and immediately, Starkey is just an ass. Like, yeah. he has got no reason. This guy's come in, and he's like, oh, my God, what's going on in here? And Starkey's like, oh, what business is it of yours? It's like, dude, he could live here. You you just yeah. walked in here running away from the police. What business is it of yours to be in here? You know? Also, like, the episode forgets about K9 for a solid minute and a half. Yeah, it's like, yeah. we just suddenly start having, um, I think his name is yeah. Darius. 
like he starts flirting with Georgie and um, then we go on to Professor's family like oh yeah. no I lost my family yeah. again like yeah. well, and, and also if you were wondering uh, at home if you've not watched this episode yes all the audio is horrendously ADR'd as well in this scene and it's really <laughs> distracting you're right yeah it was um, but yeah they start bickering uh, as you said he starts flirting with Georgie and goes on and we get the professor's family stuff and all the acting is really bad uh, Starkey starts getting into Georgie's face for a moment and uh, not into Georgie's face. Starkey gets into the man Darius's face for a moment. And Georgie's like, oh, Starkey, look uh, at the canine thing. And then we cut to a wide shot where Starkey is holding the canine thing in just the most awkward way. Like he was trying to like get up in the face of Darius. But yeah. then we cut to a wide shot where he's like handing the <laughs> the, the uh, regeneration circuit to him like it's it clearly in between because he's holding out like this is where the effect shot goes and no thought yeah. went into why would he be standing like this in any yeah. way his hand should <laughs> be down you know also another thing about this regeneration device i forgot to mention in the book the making of doctor who which was released in 1972 which was like coinciding with the release of the sea devils funnily enough um they reveal the Doctor's real name as like a symbol. Yeah. The Doctor's the Doctor's symbol is on this regeneration device, which oh, is pretty cool. Which that is a that pretty is, cool Easter yeah, egg. That is a nice Easter egg. Yeah. It's weird what got you know some little bit of love into it, and what stuff clearly didn't. There's another Easter egg later on. I can't wait to get to because it's the best Easter egg. <laughs> but yeah, um, this scene is just horrendous. I hate every character. The professor gives a half decent performance. No, he doesn't. I... No, he, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> uh, maybe his performance would be good, but the ADR audio takes it away. Yeah, it doesn't it's... match his performance that he's giving physically, and through that that diminishes the performance overall. Yeah, but yeah, I already hate all the characters, yeah. and I can't tell any of the kid personalities apart because they all feel horrendously they don't have a personality they're just you know darius and starkey don't like each other why (laughs) Uh, i don't know why not uh darius is supposed to be like this suave cool dude you know but he doesn't he comes off as someone trying too hard Uh, he also also has a bit of a cockney accent which is really terrible it feels worse than dick von dykes yeah and mary poppins well apparently in real life he's got a very thick australian accent yeah. so uh starkey is supposed to be like this genius hacker but is the biggest bumbling idiot i've ever seen in a kid's show like he's yeah. an absolute moron and georgie is the blankest of slates yeah and you could say oh yeah i forgive it because it's like it's a kid's show it doesn't need to have that much yeah. effort but if you compare it to the sarah, sarah jane, jane adventures yeah. I could write a story about Sarah Jane Adventures characters from just remembering the show from like decades ago. Yeah, like it didn't write... have a belly button. That was a whole <laughs> thing, you know. And I could write. I could. I could probably write the characters to like a fairly accurate de- description of them. Like you know, I could nail their personalities. But K Nine, I watched the entire show just last week. I, I couldn't tell you a single thing about their characteristics. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, but the regeneration tube starts randomly deciding it wants to regenerate now. Why? When? What? What's the time period it needs to regenerate? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, <laughs> he starts regenerating, and we get our brand new K nine, which looks fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, the effect of him is fine. The design is fine. 
the writing is bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a it's a solid fine Disney design. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's clearly it's a toy. Uh, there's one really good moment I thought where when he's fully turned into his form and he's trying to get his languages, the first thing he says is "Good day, <laughs> mates," uh, because of course this is an Australian TV show, even though it is set in London, and I thought that was just a lovely little. Oh, look, it's an Australian. Here's an Australian <laughs> thing. Oh, we stuck it in there. Because uh, he starts cycling through languages as he's, and accents as he's talking. And, yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure at one point he's he's got a Texas accent. He's like, yeah. howdy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I actually think I would have loved K-9 better if he just kept a Texan accent. His voice would have become more annoying than it already is. <laughs> um, but he, for whatever reason, imprints on Starkey, even though there's three other people standing around him in relatively the same distance and the same angle as Starkey is. But Starkey's our main character, so of course he imprints. I imagine it's just because uh, Starkey was holding the device, and that's why. Sure, you you could say that's the reason. Why. <laughs> um, and uh, Starkey goes like, oh, heal boy, heal, in the most awkward way possible. And this is a recurring thing. This is their banner. And uh, K9's like, oh, I, I don't appreciate that. <laughs> I don't appreciate being told to heal or being called boy. <laughs> And we're all yeah. supposed to, like, roll over with laughing because he's a talking dog. This joke literally happens, like, once or twice an episode. No joke, it gets so <laughs> tiresome. And there's a... I mentioned the clip show. The canine loses his memory in the clip show and he starts acting like a dog, which is why everybody's like, oh, no, there's something wrong with canine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's terrible writing. It's just the cheapest of the jokes. Yes, it's so, it's, it's yeah. not even a joke, but yeah, it's <laughs> It reminds me of the Daleks in the um, New Year's Day special where they're like, yeah, we are not robots or whatever the fuck they were up to. Yeah. So uh, we've just been introduced to K-9. You know, the show's called K-9. So what's K-9 going to do? You're right. Fly out a window and go away for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing. He, his excuse is that he's flying around the city to find out what city he's in. He could have just asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then they'd have to think about what to write for K9. They don't like him in the show. They're trying to get rid of him in any way they possibly can. But as K9 flies away, which I guess he flies out a window, it's staged so poorly. Like he flies up and into the ceiling, and then we just yeah. cut to an exterior shot where he's coming out from behind the building. Like, no idea how he got out of that building. I guess it's just a canine-shaped hole in a wall. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, he flies off. He looks at the giant dystopian uh, police state billboards and looks at them and goes, Meh, and just keeps flying. <laughs> he, he doesn't care at all uh, that they're under this police state. It's great. He, I don't think he ever brings it up either that you know the department are in control and there's this going on and they're oppressed he just doesn't he's like yeah whatever i don't care there are so many plot elements that canine is just absent for and he doesn't bring them up ever in dialogue he's more like oh yeah i am a i am not a dog i am a robot <laughs> yeah he's got what he's got he's a one note thing um but as he's gone the robot police barge into the professor's house i'm gonna burp oh that's that beer the uh, the robot police barge into the professor's house and they're like, oh, Starkey, we've got you. You're under arrest. And Starkey, for some reason, 
goes, no, I'm innocent. It was the robot dog and the aliens. Uh, uh, quick, Darius, you can tell. Darius has just walked in that goddamn door. He has a goddamn... Why don't you ask the professor or the girl that's been with you the whole time to come to your defense? Why yeah, are they the standing there silently? Yeah, they just stand there silently. Also, um, K9 coincidentally just goes away the second the police come in. Like, what the fuck? It's like uh, the Flintstones in the Great Gazoo. You remember the little alien that hung, yeah, hung yeah, around yeah. with, like, Barney and Fred? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but see, uh, Starkey thinks that Darius called the police. K9 called the police. <laughs> That that's <laughs> that's why he bounced. But but also Darius was in the room the entire time. There's like one shot. Sense. There's one shot where he has his back and he has his mobile phone out, where he's like <laughs> pressing a button. Uh, he's not actually on the phone yet, so I guess he texted <laughs> the police. Um, but yeah, the police come in. They like arrest Starkey, and Starkey starts like, "I'm innocent. I'm innocent." But he's not shouting at the police. He's shouting at like the professor. Uh, while the yeah. professor's just kind of sitting there like, uh, I, I don't care. Uh, and, and then Georgie is like, oh yeah, uh, you're innocent. I, I have to stop. I, I, oh yeah, I'm in, I'm in this room, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like the writers just forgot she was in the room, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, the blocking is so bad. Uh, but there there's an interesting concept that gets snuck in here uh, and it does become a recurring theme. They say that you're going to go to VR prison. Uh <laughs> And I thought the idea of VR prison was somewhat ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, and kind of a fun sci-fi idea, you know? Stick them in a derelict room, but stick goggles on them so they think they're somewhere else type of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a later episode where we actually do kind of use this as a good concept. Basically, Darius, um, it turns out his dad was a police officer... And he lived, and he, his office was where the professor is now living. Uh, but he, the dad becomes like a rebel. He becomes a um, radical. And it's like he goes to jail and he gets locked up in a room where it's just an empty void. And Future. that's his punishment. And remember, like, if you help us with what we want from you, we can give him, like, a nice little forest or whatever to look at. Or if you don't help us just nothingness and he will go mad that's great is... that's a really i'd see the vr prisons are pretty decent concept i would also use it uh as a tool to feed propaganda that the department are good for you and that you should obey the rules and follow and turn people kind of into drones that way because you've yeah. got a captive audience so you're just going to feed them everything that you can feed them uh see, see it's there's it's, this is the annoying thing when it comes to anything that's that's like mediocrely bad is there's really good ideas that nobody touched on yeah there are some good ideas scattered out throughout the show but it's like oh yeah we're gonna focus on something else yeah uh, this, yeah, this beans. idea is Be- beans yeah please. beans yeah let's focus on beans we'll get to the beans <laughs> uh but canine comes flying back down and i feel like there's a bad joke and i've already forgotten what actually happens because he's standing next to 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 the girl Georgian. Does Give he say something? What does he say? Oh yeah, he's like, orientation protocol complete. I mean, he pauses for five seconds. This unit is in London. I mean, the scene ends. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but but also uh, there was a terrible joke in this scene where uh, uh, Stark is like, it wasn't me, it was it was a robot dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then police officer is like, that's they what all we all say. say. That, yeah, yeah. And I will like, say that that did make me go, <laughs> 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 you know it was just bad enough that i was like that's kind of funny 
Yeah, it, it is just dad humor. I yeah. imagine. I, that feels like a line probably Bob Baker wrote. <laughs> you know, like he's a 70 year old man. He's just like, oh, that's a funny line to put yeah. in here. I also like that the Robocops have uh, really thick, burly English accents for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. They, they pose no threat at all. Like You can yeah. just easily outrun them, as we, as we said earlier. So we then get a, I don't want to say compelling, I want to say terrible scene with the <laughs> professor and K-9 who are just kind of given some exposition back yeah. and forth where, you know, he's like, oh, you don't remember anything? And so you say you're from another time. Um, and we also find out that the time machine the professor's been building, he didn't build. It was yeah. transported to him piece by piece by extraterrestrials that they call fallen angels. Yeah, so the fallen angels, the extraterrestrials, are the Corvin, who are the main villain. Ah. And they're working. It's, yeah, it's, it's complicated, but yeah, it's very bad guys and very okay. it's, the it's, Well, at least, it, at least they're setting up this overarching yeah. story since episode one. That's a nice yeah. little bit of world building. But to be fair, like the overarching story only contain is only contained in like seven, maybe six episodes, and it's like yeah. the rest of the series is just like, oh yeah, here's I'm trying to give filler. I'm trying to give some praise. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking I'm looking for something. Um, but they start going into the what is it the Corvix is what they're called the, the TMNT the Jixon Jixon that's it the Jixon I don't know where I got Corvex from uh, the the Jixon. Uh, and he says that when they spray the goo onto a person, it's because they've marked that person as an enemy, and K-9's not been marked, so he shouldn't have been treated like an enemy. Uh, but the poor boy, uh, Starkey, has been marked. And the professor's like, oh my god, that poor kid. And K-9's like, yeah, he's gonna die, whatever. K-9 <laughs> doesn't care about Starkey, even though he imprinted on him. And th th this scene, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, sucks to be Starkey. Like... <laughs> Yeah, this this scene feels like it takes place like two o'clock the next afternoon, and we're like, "Oh shit, we left. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we just, watched a kid we just get arrested that, last night. Yeah, we just let that guy get arrested, that little that teenage kid <laughs> get arrested, and just ignored it. We just chose <laughs> not to think about that problem. <laughs> and they like, wouldn't it, have it, saved him. They're only saving him because they think he's going to get killed by the TMNT. That's the only reason why they'd yeah. ever think about saving him." Yeah, it feels like the characters don't exist in between these scenes. It's just like they go, to, just like the tea pose in, a, in just a void. <laughs> the, the the twist to this series is that all of them are actually in VR prison and none of this is real. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel like my show is. <laughs> uh, v, v, VR at prison is in the Doctor E universe. Is it really? It's, I don't know. Uh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, we're all imagining we're in another universe. Oh, okay, is, yeah, yeah. So we're still, we're still in the Doctor universe, just sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Worlds, yeah. Be worlds within worlds. <laughs> uh, we 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 cut then to the VR prison with Starkey, and before we go deeper into the scene, I do. I just want to reiterate, the idea of the VR prison is great, and the goggles yeah. they give him are horrible. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it, it definitely feels like 2009 era kids program it's like yeah, yeah we're trying to be so cool and radical yeah it's, 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 it's like yeah it's, it's they very just cheap. looked really dumb 
Also, I hope uh, people enjoy watching K9 sitting at table because he's going to be there for the entire episode now. Excellent. <laughs> What's the name of the show again? <laughs> at least he's not in a bin. That will never yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Imagine putting the main character into a bin for most of the episode. God. So we um we we go into the VR prison with Starkey. And it's just kind of like this empty white void at the moment with zeros and ones, you know, littering the screen. And we cut to Georgie, who's randomly at ballet. Yeah. Uh, Does ballet ever play into her character again? Nope. Nope. (laughs) Yep. Never mentioned again. Uh, And she goes into her ballet bag and pulls out the dumbest looking goggles you've ever seen in her, <laughs> your life she puts them on and then instantly she's hacked into exactly where starkey is how does she know which vr prison he's in how does she know what is his code to you know which ip address yeah. i guess he belongs to why is the vr prison connected to the wi-fi uh <laughs> you know. i mean also i mean also starkey's like what are you doing here i mean georgie's yeah. like i'm not actually here i'm using v- virtual reality yeah and he's, like, he's like yeah dumb. this is a vr prison why are you uh, <laughs> Uh, but she's like, look, we need to team up and get you out of here because the there's just all this wrongdoings going on. Look at all these aliens that are getting tortured. And Starkey, because he's been fed nothing but propaganda, goes, oh, who cares? They're bad guys anyway. They probably deserve it, you know, uh, because he, he's, he believes the lie that aliens are there to hurt you. Whereas Georgie, she, she's a bit of a truther. You know, she's she's looked deeper into it. And she's like, no, look, some of them are innocent. Not all of them are evil. Uh, some of them are just trying to live because they can't escape their own planet. It's, you know, some sort of political metaphor on here. I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and she's like, look at this face. And she pulls the dumbest looking alien you could have possibly chosen. <laughs> it's like a dude with gold spray paint on his head and big fisheye goggles looking at the camera like, like it's this most ridiculous alien. That's actually one of the Axos from Doctor Who, uh, oh, from wow. the episode The Claws of Axos. Uh, Bob Baker actually owns the right for his design. I believe it's the Axos. I might be thinking of something else. Give me a second. Sorry, they're called the Axon. Oh, the Axon. Uh, uh, do they have a cousin race <laughs> called the Axoff? <laughs> I was waiting for that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, very oxen from Doctor Who, which is again nice, nice little Easter egg. Nice, nice, nice Easter egg. Terrible character design. They look awful. Um, But then Georgie's well, like Starkey's like, I don't care about them. I have to focus on myself right now. Which you know, fair enough. He's in prison. Um, And then Georgie gets a mobile phone call, uh, which she answers, and it's her mother. And she's like, hey, are you at ballet? And she's like, yes, I'm at ballet. She's like, did you bring the dress? Which, you know, that's uh, fair enough. But then Georgie's answer is, yes, I brought the pink frilly dress. Who talks like anything? Like who describes exactly like, oh, you know, if I I was at an event and you were like, hey, did you bring the costume? I was like, yes, I brought the frilly blue dazzly (laughs) costume, you know? I would uh, just, I would say it's just to emphasize how embarrassed she is to yeah, wear this pink yeah, frilly but it's tutu. Bad. It's written bad, you yeah. know? Nobody and says bad. Print, yeah, and performed bad. 
And uh, but there is one really there is a good line I liked uh, in all of this where Starkey's like, yeah, the gorilla fighter and the pink frilly tutu. Like <laughs> I I liked that line, but it was such a stretch to get to that line. I feel like the writers liked that line as well. And went, yeah. how do we how do we write that line? That's a funny line. Uh, and they came up with this you know terrible scenario. Uh, but then Georgie takes off her glasses and she's like, huh guess i'm gonna go do ballet and never talk about it again yeah we 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 leave the scene with starkey still in prison having essentially learned nothing <laughs> and getting no closer to escaping <laughs> and then we cut to the professor and canine who having just thought oh my god starkey's gonna die what should we do should we experiment on your brain canine and not do anything to save starkey <laughs> Again, like, the professor being stuck indoors all the time is such a huge downside to the show, because the character can't yeah. do anything it yet. Really, it really, like, I feel like they thought it was a good idea, and then immediately ran out of ideas for it. And yeah, it they does. were like, oh my god, we can't do anything with this character. Yeah, it does make for a good character arc when he eventually does step outside in the last episode, but it's like... He's restricted just being in, in the set all day, and it's like he can't. He's the most responsible character. He should be out there trying to help out or whatever. And yet he's he can't go outside. It's re- kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. So we then cut to K nine and the professor as the professor's performing brain surgery on K nine for some reason, uh, and we get a wee Easter egg, don't we, Scott? Yeah, you picked up on it. I did pick up on it. I did indeed. <laughs> when you pointed it out to me, I went back and I was like, yes, there it is. Uh, because they're performing brain surgery. And then for the briefest of seconds, we hear uh, the first few notes of the Doctor Who theme song, uh, which it made everyone go, God, we should watch Doctor Who instead and turn off the TV. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically K-9's like, I can't remember this because the lawyers say I can't bring up anything to do with Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah basically we're trying not to get sued uh as uh, <laughs> they're they're performing you know the surgery diving into the thing and they're just giving a heap of exposition about stuff i've literally already forgotten it is a really boring scene um but i know it gets to a certain point where they're performing brain surgery uh and the professor's like oh what was that bit of your brain i just hit and he's like oh if i hear that if i hear something i can listen to it across dimensions uh, which is just a ridiculous power for K9 to suddenly have. Uh, and yeah, also confirms it's... my theory that they're in the second dimension and not the first dimension. <laughs> um, where, and, and then the professor goes on to try and explain it in the most babyish way I've ever seen in my life. Where he picks yeah. up the bouncy ball and he's like, like this, bounce, catch. And K9's like, no, it has to be a repetitive sound. And he goes, oh, like this bounce catch bounce catch and canine's like yeah exactly like that <laughs> and then we cut away to something that doesn't involve a bouncing noise at all uh yeah. where the jixon is prowling the prison looking for uh starkey and you know it's doing a terrible job at stealth and gets caught straight away and alarms start blaring <laughs> Uh, which makes the VR headset around uh, Starkey pop off as the Jixon runs in. Then we get some amazing choreography, and it really blew me away, the the quality of the fight scene. No, I'm just kidding. The Jixon stands at the door while Starkey stands at the other side of the room, and they kind of dance around <laughs> each other for a minute. Uh, 
then the Jixon sprays Starkey again, turns around to hit a robot, and Starkey just kind of runs past it. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's so bad. Also, the thing is pretty fucking huge. Like, yeah, yeah. it could have just stood at the door, to be honest. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also the whole the whole uh, scene with a bouncing ball. I think it comes back like maybe t- two more times in the series, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's it's never really brought up again. Really, it's good stuff. Great show. Okay, so we get a scene of K nine flying over London for basically no reason. As we cut to, uh, and you'll find out why it's for no reason in a moment because we're not leaving the house. Uh, as we cut to the garage of the professor's house, where blonde guy—I forget his name—Darius. Uh, da- yeah, where Darius is working on his talking car, which. I know the talking car plays into it in the next episode. Does it ever yeah. come back again? Maybe once, but it's kind of like a throwaway thing. It, yeah. it's, it it never does anything like you expect. Some maybe they're setting up some kind of action scene where a car drives itself through the streets of London or something fun like that. But we don't have a budget for that, yeah. so no, it just sits there. Basically. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> The the professor comes in and he's like, "Have you seen K nine? And Darius is like, "Nope, not at all. He just comes and goes as he pleases." Uh, and we then cut to Starkey, who's suddenly in the house, walking around the house, being like, "Oh, well, where is everybody? I just escaped from prison, which is next door, apparently." Um, <laughs> and then we cut back to the garage, and K nine is just in the garage. He's just rocking up, and he's like, "Yo, what's up, K 9 um so you, you know he was gone from the house for all of two seconds and now he's yeah. back again it's great and he's like i've located where the jixon are and he's like oh my god where are the jixon they're in the kitchen where starkey is so we then move to the kitchen you see how we're staying indoors now with yeah, the remaining 10 minutes of this episode yeah it's 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 something else and it's just like it's just the most predictable shit as well yeah of course he's gonna sniff yeah. Starkey and try to attack Snark, Starkey, and we're gonna have to try and talk him out of it. Just yeah, he does. He does try to murder the teenage boy. Uh, it's, it's, did you notice? Also, the, did you notice the reference? What reference? There's a reference. Uh, it's a very subtle one, and it made me go, "That's a bit clever." Uh, so when K Nine's about to kill Starkey, and the yeah. professor and Darius come through, they're holding tools, and the professor is holding a screwdriver. Ah, I was I like, I was like, that's a fun bit. That's a fun little thing you've done there. Yeah, you okay. Know. It feels like the Easter eggs are like the best part of the show <laughs> so far. Just yeah, who, I'm trying to be sneakily include bits. Whoever of the was show. in the prop department that actually liked Doctor Who, they did a great job. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but they managed to talk K9 out of killing the child starkey because starkey but, goes heal boy heal you know like that repetition like a bouncing ball yeah because uh, he said it to him before it's, it's, then, it's good writing because it's repetition and then the, i'm speaking of repetition the professor has to be like uh, say it again because he only understands stuff when it's repeated to him multiple times because he remembers it from when he got regenerated as, as if it didn't, as if happen, didn't just like, get this information in the last scene also, he just regenerated like ten, less than ten, ten yeah, minutes yeah. ago. Like, do you expect our attention? Well, do you, do you expect children's attention spans to be that small? Yeah, you got to think. What's the age range of the target audience they're aiming for? Surely the same as Sarah Jane Adventures, which is like what twelve, thirteen, maybe ten at the youngest. Yeah. You know, like a relatively mature child. 
that yeah. can think and understand plot. Yeah, Sarah Jane Adventures just treats the audience with respect, whereas this show is like, I have to explain every concept to you, uh, just over and over again, repetition. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sarah Jane Adventures is like, yo, we're like Doctor Who. We, do, we don't need to explain shit a billion times. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. Uh, but then, you know, they, they talk the dog down, and then there's a chap at the door, and it is a lady who's part of the department. And who's related to one of our main characters in an actually interesting way. Um, and, you know, she's like, hey, Professor, come meet me because your time's up for whatever thing we gave you to do. And he goes to meet her at the door and he's like, oh, actually, haha, bit of comedy here. Can't let you in the kitchen because there's all these people that I hang out with and you're not allowed to meet and there's a robot dog and ha 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 ha. And, you know, she's like, well, we can go do it in my car that's outside. And he's like, oh, well, heck. I thought that was a fun little line, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, uh, oh my god, I've forgotten everything that just happened to the scene I watched. <laughs> um, <laughs> the 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 lady gets brought into the I I guess like section of house, uh, yeah. and she's like, "Oh, it's it's fine in here. It's not messy like you were saying." And he's like, "Oh well, yeah, that's because everybody's hiding." Um, and there's a weird bit of editing where she's like, oh, aren't you in, uh, here for fun and games? Because, you know, the plastic ball is just sitting out and she chucks it at the professor. And he's like, oh, I just love tennis, even though it's not a tennis ball. It's clearly a bouncy ball. And he keeps yeah. swinging his hand as if he's playing tennis. And every time he does, you hear, like, tennis sound effects. Like, he's actually hitting a tennis ball, which is, like, sure, a stylized editing choice. But it's not an editing choice that we've seen in any other part of the episode. Like, it's a really cartoony choice for the editing yeah. to suddenly take. Like, the other time we hear a random sound effect like this is when K-9's looking at a tin of beans at the beginning of episode 3, and all of a sudden we hear a, a, a fart, fart sound yeah. effect. That's in as diegetic to the universe, whereas this is just like, oh, we're, we're kind of a cartoon now? Yeah, yeah, it, it was weird. Uh, but she sends Darius out the room, who was standing there doing nothing, and they start chatting about uh starkey and she's like you know have you seen starkey and he's like well he should be in prison shouldn't he ha 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 i've got you against the wall and she's like ah well shut up uh and have you well have you seen this robot dog and he's like no i've not seen the robot dog either but he looks cool and she's like nah he looks stupid and canine's then like i'm gonna shoot this lady in the back of the head as he starts floating up from where he's hiding ready to kill it's not until the professor's like no he's such a handsome dog oh look at him he's so good that he calms down again canine has the shortest fuse in the world yeah it's it's bizarre but also um i do like the uh, i do like the heard complaining about the design saying it's terrible it feels like a line written by one of the co-creators tim <laughs> paul uh, whatever his name is and um or bob baker just basically being like yeah we hate the design we're just gonna write this in here but yeah Kane, I don't like Canine's personality. No, he's it's, awful. He's a horrible, horrible, horrible yeah, dog. It's, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's not a good scene either. It's just like the lowest. Boring. It's just a. It's boring. boring. It's not clever. It's just stereotypical kid stuff. Yeah, the only thing that I did like is that she gives the professor basically an ultimatum, where she's like, "You've got to find us this robot dog, otherwise we're going to pull all your funding." Uh, and I don't want to do that to you because I kind of like you, Alistair. You know, I'm not horrible, but that's what the powers that be say. And, you know, it gave her character suddenly a random third dimension where she's, like, actually caring for the professor. 
Uh, her character just goes back and forth because every episode, every other episode, it feels like she's like, oh no, the division I work with is horrible. They experiment on aliens and do all this weird shit. They mind control kids. And then the next episode, she's she relearns how awful the thing is and she's like oh no this is terrible they do all these weird all these terrible things see what you don't what they don't actually show you in the show is uh (laughs) the way that her bedroom is is Uh she's got like a slanted ceiling and every morning when she wakes up it's oh my head she hits her head off the ceiling she totally forgets everything that happened the day before she goes into work with it like oh what a lovely day at work oh my god all this stuff then the next day (laughs) bang oh my head forgets it again Uh, that feels that feels like a semi-plausible excuse for why (laughs) she doesn't seem to learn anything because if you go back to doctor who the 50th anniversary special or it was a zygon two-parter where there's a security guard every day he wakes up and he immediately thinks it's his first day he gets his memory wiped which i feel like might happen to her it's a good excuse sure either way it's it's terrible character development Jesus fucking Christ. Some sort of conclusion. Uh, so we then get suddenly the last scene in the episode. You might be thinking, what? What's the plot of this episode? Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> so Starkey and Darius are standing against the wall staring at the professor being like, oh, he saved me. And Darius is like, yeah, but I don't like you. And Starkey's like, why? And he's like, I don't know. I'm written that way. And then K-9 shows up and he's like, yo, what up? And then also the girl shows up and she's like, I'm a character as well. Um, (laughs) They're all just standing in this corner by a door. She's literally like, did I miss anything? Yeah. And they're like, nah, nothing important. Don't worry about it. Uh, And K-9 then gives Starkey a a weird necklace to say, I'm sorry for trying to kill you. Uh, But it's phrased, phrased weirdly. He's like, the necklace will bring you to wherever I am. Not that it's it's not like it's gonna signal that K nine needs to come to you. It's like a teleporter for you to go to K nine. Like it's worded. Is that what he says? Yeah, it's or at least that's what I heard. It's worded like backwards. Yeah. Okay. Because it's totally a something for K nine to just appear. To, yeah. To no, <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he says, you know, wherever you are, it'll bring you to me. <laughs> okay. Damn. Go, okay. Listen to it again. I might be insane. I'm almost certain that's what he Give said. Give me a second. I'll need to. Yeah, it will call you to my side. That's yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It will call you to my side as if it's going to teleport Starkey away uh, to wherever K nine is. It's the most pointless necklace in the world. I don't know how that line got in there when the necklace yeah. does literally the opposite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fucking shocking. Yeah, it, it feels it feels like John Leeson was in the studio and he only had one take because I don't know they needed to use the studio for something else and they were like okay that's great john go home john 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 said the line wrong but we didn't realize it at the time because yeah. nobody was paying attention we were on we were playing flappy birds yeah yeah and then you know and when they came to editing they went oh he said the name wrong and then the, they went who cares <laughs> <laughs> uh but they start talking a little bit more and they say something ridiculous and they're like oh 
you know, you're a bit weird for a dog. Ha ha ha. And then Canine's like, I'm not a dog, actually. Uh, I'll have you know, but I'm a, <laughs> I'm a mechanical learning device. And he, I know all this and follow this protocol. And he just starts listening up stuff as the camera pans away and music starts playing. As if some sort of conclusion has suddenly happened. And we've learned oh, yeah. something. Uh, he, and and we, uh, we do learn something from this scene. We learn that uh, the mucus that was spread over the boy yeah, it's 800 caused years, canine yeah. caused, caused canine to go insane because blah 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 blah. But we already yeah. learned this information like ten minutes ago. Why? Why are we relearning this information? Yeah, yeah. It's just I love how they tried to frame it as some sort of conclusion when it yes. just ends. It just it's just like we need to wrap up the episode, you know. Yeah, and it feels so abrupt as well because you're like, is there going to be a cliffhanger or something? But yeah, just yeah. it just ends. It's just you know the plot's moving forward at a relatively steady pace, and then we're done. Yeah. No, no conclusion. No finding out what's happening. No setup for the next episode. We're just all no. in this house now, and we're done. You yeah. know, it's which, like they just was, got bored. They're just yeah, yeah. we're done. Yeah, it's it, which was why in like two thousand and nine, I'm like, okay, is that is there gonna be more of this? What the hell just just happened? I and mean, when it started again, like the next year in like twenty ten in like April, I'm like, wait, did I miss something? Was was the last episode a cliffhanger or something? Why, why are we doing with something else? Like, obviously, they skipped an episode. I'm like, wasn't there an alien race like, yeah, trying to find yeah. him? What happened? Yeah. But yeah. That's the end of episode one. Yeah, that's uh, K9. <laughs> what, it, it took us quite a long time to get through episode one. My goodness. What did you think of it, watching it again? Um. Yeah, episode one. Obviously, we're doing episode two straight after this, so I won't give my complete thoughts. But yeah, yeah um, giving K nine a spin-off show was a mistake. <laughs> it was a mistake. Because <laughs> the thing is, like Captain Jack Harkness can do his own spin-off because he's a strong character. Sarah mm-hmm. Jane Smith can do his own spin-off, her own spin-off. Sorry, because she's a strong character. K nine has no characteristics yes, you, yes. with with K9, leading you, man k9 leading yeah. man with captain jack and sarah jane you can build a supporting cast around them no see right? i think i think you need to have a show where sarah jane isn't the lead because she doesn't have that sort of charisma <laughs> put k9 in the lead yeah don't even mention this that maybe we should talk about soil some more yeah. as well i think I, that's, yeah. what, uh, that's what the show is truly lacking from this Genuine. episode it is it is it is lacking soil talk but yeah um with sarah jane and J- captain jack you're, you're getting good support and cast around them whereas with k9 you kind of K9 feels like the supporting character in his own show, which is yeah. fucking wild. Well, he doesn't, we'll see. No, he doesn't even feel like a supporting character. He feels like a cameo. Yeah. He, you yeah, know. He, yeah, he plays no active part in the plot. Like, if if he wasn't in this, the episode, actually, nothing would happen. <laughs> you know? But yeah, if yeah, he was in this, nothing would happen. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Assume, assuming that he's not in it, you know, but the Jixons still come through. Uh, what happens is yeah. uh, Starkey gets sent to prison and the professor doesn't care. The end. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that would end. Or they'd all get killed yeah. by the by the TMNT. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts? Best show ever? Worst bad, show ever? Bad show. <laughs> you know, I thought it yeah. was okay going through it when I first watched it, but then you know breaking it down scene by scene and creating a better show in my head doing so 
uh, <laughs> I miss K9 and company and its incredible pacing. Like, yeah. you know, this show was not really well paced. The scenes don't really make sense. The acting is bad. The ADR is the worst thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> goddamn life. Uh, it is, yeah, it's just not great. It's like, what what this show is, is what everybody expected Sarah Jane Adventures to be. Yeah, 100%. You know, whereas Sarah Jane Adventures has not the best actors, but pretty damn decent children actors. Like they are pretty decent for for roles. Whereas here is just like I, uh, not a single strong actor, to be honest. But I don't blame them or children. It's hard to blame the children, but yeah, it's the people making the show that don't care yeah. about it. You know. But yeah, with that said, shall we move on to episode two? Episode two, here we <laughs> go. Beans. Mr. Whiffy might be stinky, farty, and gross. But lady, you're a monster. The system works. You're imprisoning innocent aliens. I'm doing this for the future. So our children's children will be safe. What about your children? Any child of mine is certainly none of your business. I wouldn't be so sure, Mum. Told you. I'm supposed to be doing homework at Vicky's. And you're supposed to have a boring job in IT. So you guys know each other. Episode two begins with some actually really nice shots of exterior of London. Although you don't see any of the flying blimps. It's just like regular London. It's like they forgot to add in the, you know, 1984-esque atmosphere to it. Yeah. Uh, and then we get some really ominous shots of the professor's house i still don't understand why they frame his house as an evil house like you look at it and you think <laughs> villain's house every time you know there's no signifier yeah. that this is a good place to be and also our establishing shot of london is in the daytime and all of a sudden the professor's house is nighttime <laughs> but later on it becomes daytime again it's very not it's it's very confusing i don't understand yeah. what the fuck is going on yeah it's it's strange uh we go into the house and the music's okay and the beat starts coming in and we pan and we see the uh, professor bouncing the ball remember from last episode with the repeating pattern of the ball yeah get it, it it's it's a callback and then he looks up and suddenly we're in harry potter as he's looking at a video photo of his family laughing being like ha 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 do we ever see this photo again um, I think we might see it a couple of times just in episodes reestablishing oh yeah, the uh, professor lost his family but my question is when he looks at it, it makes noise is it always making noise or is it <laughs> only when it knows when it tracks it, the, the professor eyes. is looking it at it? It tracks the eyes. That's what it does. It tracks the eyes. Uh, we then you know, he's like all sad and miserable. This is a really somber start to this episode. Like the entire episode this first scene is really slow and quiet and sad. Like you want your second episode to be like, whoa, action packed, you know? Let's kick off with yeah. a with a bang. I know it. Everyone's just sitting around and they're miserable. And they're like, oh my god. It's like like you're halfway through the season and you're at the darkest point for the characters. No, 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 no. We're here right at the start. It's only going to get worse. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, And it's also just reestablishing all the characters again, even for, you know, we just saw episode one. Yeah, we got to remember that like... there was episode one, then three, then this one, like a year later. So <laughs> yeah. they've got a lot that they have to catch people up on. Yeah, episode two, the last one aired, which is, yeah, yeah. very strange. Yeah. Um. We then cut to Starkey, or actually we cut to a box of biscuits sitting on top of a chess set, weirdly, uh, with Starkey sitting next to them, and uh, what's his name, D Darius? 
Yeah, Darius. Yeah, <laughs> Darius comes in and he's like, "Oh, you ate all the biscuits." It's it's great. It's really compelling. Uh, and the audio, if you were wondering, is entirely ADR'd yet again, and it is terrible. Yeah, the thing is, I I I I watched nearly every episode. I don't remember if any other episode is ADR. I think it might just be the first two episodes or three. You watched episode three. Was episode three ADR? I can't. Remember. I don't remember. I don't. I don't. I don't. I couldn't tell you what happened <laughs> in episode three, other than it had spiky face alien. Uh, you know. Well, I mean, I just rewatched. I just watched this scene that I'm describing here, and I'm struggling to tell you what happened in it. It's a really boring yeah. scene. Like it's a really at a certain point the doorbell goes and the the girl character comes in. I've heard Georgie. Uh, Honestly, if if I was a kid in 2010, turn I, off I'd the channel. I'm so bored. Yeah, I, I'd be over at Nickelodeon watching SpongeBob at this point. Like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck? It's, it's just so dull. It, it, it's really dark and quiet, and just everybody's fighting with each other, and it's miserable. And this is episode two, two minutes into yeah. episode two, you know. Uh, but the the girl comes and she says a bunch of crap, and then at a certain point they all start looking at the time machine thing, and they're like, "It's turned off, right?" And the professor's like, "Yeah, I turned it off." Then wouldn't you know, it turns back on. Oh, actually, the girl has a fun line where she's like, "We should time travel back to the dark ages, like 2010." Get it? Political commentary. Ha 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 ha. It also uh, establishes yeah. that the show's set in the future because they've not actually yeah. said what year it's set in yet. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I, I hate this line because it's just like, oh yeah, um, audience at home, you're in year two thousand and ten. We're in the future. Mm-hmm. Wink, Can wink, we be wink, any wink, more wink, obvious? Wink, wink, wink. But also, she uses the doorbell, and Darius is like, oh, relax. If if it was our enemies, we would have just barged in. But last episode, like one of the enemies used the doorbell to ask about the whereabouts of Starkey. Uh, I'll, I'll add on to that as well. He says, uh, she rings the doorbell, and then he goes, relax, our enemies don't tend to ring the doorbell, they just barge in. Then we cut to her just barging in. Uh, nobody opens the door and invites her in, she just lets herself in. So, Georgie is an enemy. Yeah. She's here to attack and kill <laughs> K-9, confirmed. She, she, she doesn't need to use a doorbell anyway, she's like part of a gang, you yeah, know? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the time machine suddenly turns back on and they're like, what? I thought you turned it off. And the professor's like, I thought I did. They're ex- all extremely calm and not taking any action to run up to the machine to turn it off. They're just standing there like, oh, well, this is weird. Yeah. The last time the machine was turned on, like aliens came in, tried to kill you and K9 mm-hmm. exploded. Like <laughs> you should be more concerned when yeah. this. Yeah, no, it's fine. And it turns out it is fine because there's just some rats and the professor looks at them like, oh, uh, okay. And they run off. Don't worry, they'll be back. That's uh, some foreshadowing, some excellent, oh, amazing foreshadowing right there. Uh, then K9 shows up and he's like, hey, the TMNT have been found. And we just cut to a bunch of shots, like extreme close-ups off them with the wavy yeah. effect. So you don't know where they are, what you're looking at. And it, it's terrible. It's, uh, yeah, what a terrible I, I, opening scene to this episode. Yeah, I, I think I see some, like, bushes in front of them or whatever, like, grass, and I think we're just hiding in the bushes just outside or something. But uh, but when canines establishes that we're, like, a million miles away or whatever, like, we're not close by at all, so we're all looking out the window. Yeah, there's also a line that canine says just before that bit where he says that Starkey can't go outside because the TMNT will catch his scent. And they'll yeah, go and kill but... him. Why is the house scent proof? Because they found him when he was in the secret VR prison, locked behind walls. You know, so. Uh, 
And also, like, the house is, like, the first place they'd look because, you know, that's <laughs> where they first yeah. landed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why the house is suddenly smell-proof, but I guess it is. Yeah, and then, also, it's just a total whiplash, because the first two minutes, they're like, oh, yeah, we're just sitting around playing chess, eating biscuits, and then all of a sudden, the plot kicks in out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff, good stuff. The pacing on on this show is just excellent, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, we then get our scene establishing what we're actually going to do in this episode, where we're finding out that the Jixen are going to a prison to attack their arch enemies, the Mirren, uh, and there's a, a a pretty fun line where Daria, when you know Daria says something snarky, uh, and Canine's like, "Oh no, they're going there for the Mirren," and he's like, "Hey, who are you calling a moron?" And he's, you know, either's like, "That's a that's at least a somewhat clever line." Although yeah. they're only called the Mirren because they wanted to have that moron line. That's the only reason they're called that. There's no other reason. Yeah. Um... Also, the professor's like, oh yeah, what prison? As if, like, Starkey didn't tell him the whole thing about the prison before. Like, it feels like important information in terms of, like, what's going on in the plot. But he's like, oh yeah, what prison? Just to explain what's going on. Yeah. What happened yeah. in episode one. It's like, yeah, it's it's not natural st- uh, writing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant writing. Uh... <laughs> And Starkey's really obsessed with going to attack the Jixen before they attack him. Uh, I, I think either way, you'll die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> K- K9 fucking died. Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you going to use? A knife? No, yeah, you can't. Yeah. It's Disney XD. <laughs> yeah, but everybody seems to think it's a good idea and that somehow attacking them first, the Jixen won't expect it. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, we also get some... Uh, like more back and forth between Georgie and Starkey regarding the alien prisons where she's very much like, oh my God, they're getting tortured there. It's inhumane. And Starkey's like, yeah, they're aliens. You can do what you like. You know, they're not human, so you can treat them inhumanely. Uh, Which I I like that contrast between the two of them. The show is never going to expand deeper into it. Uh, You know, because it's it's a bit too, I think a bit too much of a mature theme for the tone of the show to have. Uh, but it's an interesting character plot point for the two of them. Also, right, Georgie is rip uh-huh. off Hermione. Yeah, okay, I can totally see that. And um, <laughs> I, I guess um, Darius is Ron because he's a yeah. stupid, stupid character. Yeah. And Starkey is Harry because he's the he's, main character the, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's it's just that Georgie's like you know the super smart girl who is against the inhumane treatment of the elves. I mean the aliens uh you know she's uh, it's uh, there's a lot of parallels there i i and also uh, the professor is dumbledore because he always lets the kids go into extreme danger and doesn't protest and and, and doesn't do anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) he just sits around and they had the moving photo earlier on you know yeah 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 uh i forget how this scene ends how does the scene end scott i don't remember Oh yeah, basically the professor is like, oh yeah, K9, can you go to a CGI prison and just check out what's going on? Excellent. And K9 will. Yeah, yeah, he'll go to that CGI prison. <laughs> also, there's like these floating orbs and they kind of look like flesh, which is really yeah. disturbing. Yeah, and it's not good CGI either, <laughs> and we're about to get some horrendous CGI uh, as we cut to a l- wide shot of London again. 
with no indicators that it's the future London or the future dystopian London we've seen previously. It is just regular London. Yeah, they don't even have those like little TV hovering TVs. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just very bizarre. Regular modern day London, and then yeah, a it... really bad CGI canine flies past the screen. <laughs> yeah. It... Without these inserts, I would have never guessed this was London. Like, there's nothing to indicate it's London apart from the really awful English accents. Yeah, it being London as well doesn't add anything to the plot. No. You know? Like, they should be exactly the same if it was set in Australia. Yeah. Uh, we then cut to Starkey and... Well, we don't cut to Starkey immediately. We cut to Darius working on his car again with Starkey in the background, and they're chatting about nonsense. Uh, yeah. As always, they're like, you know, what do you even do for the professor? And he's like, I love the professor, shut up! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they basically decide that they're going to go to the prison as well to yeah. fight the Jixon or rescue them or get K-9 or do whatever. Uh, and Darius agrees to help Starkey with this if at the end of it, Starkey decides to leave and go away and never come back and to also put in a good word with Georgie because ha ha ha, flirting. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. this whole love triangle lasts throughout the entire show and just is it's it gets tedious. Excellent. It's really bad here as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Starkey's like, yeah, sure, whatever, I don't care. Uh, and then they get into the car and it turns out it's a self-driving taxi. Awesome. It also yeah, talks and- like, 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 um... Knight Rider. <laughs> and also, uh, Starkey is just shocked that it's driving by itself, even yeah. though I-, I feel like self-driving cars I think is the like show the forgot- normal. I think the show's forgotten it's in the future. Yeah, like, he he just got arrested the last episode. By robot policemen. VR- <laughs> yeah, robot policemen and also VR jail. And, it's like, and oh he's my surrounded God, by aliens. Is- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, a car is driving by itself. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> this this scene is okay because there's kind of like an underline of, oh yeah, we're both kind of like surrogate children to the professor. Yeah, and yeah it's like Squabbling Brothers. Of, if they lent onto this detail a bit more, I would say, oh yeah, this is a great scene, but we don't ever lean in on the whole detail of we're basically orphans. And the professor is her dad, but we never acknowledge it. Like we never have like a fatherly moment between the professor or any of the characters, which is really bizarre. That would require like some form of semi-competent writing, though. <laughs> you know, how are they supposed to get from plot A to plot B to plot C to plot D if they bother with all this characterization and dramatic moments, yeah. Scott? You know, let's just fair. Enough. Let's just get through the plot, and we'll throw in a few <laughs> fart jokes, and I think we've got a good kids show there. Yeah, that's fair. But, you know, like, Sarah Jane Adventures kind of has the same theme of, like, found family, you know? Yeah. Choosing people you want to be family with rather than your family properly. Like, at the end of episode one of Sarah Jane Adventures, Sarah Jane is like, oh, yeah, I I met so many amazing aliens throughout my life. But the most amazing thing is finding a family. And that's really touching and emotional, and you feel endearment towards the characters. Lame, here. lame. Don't need it. Don't need it. What we need is a cool robot dog fighting aliens. You know, we don't need any of that sappy stuff. Give me fart jokes and aliens, please. And baked beans. Yeah, that's Sarah Jane your, your... won't last ten episodes. K nine's gonna go on forever. That's my oh, yeah, that's my impersonation of the showrunners. Uh, I... <laughs> Also, um, 
I think Chibnall kind of took influence from this show, weirdly. So Starkey later on, there's an episode where there's a weird kind of time loop, and everyone's affected apart from Starkey, and the professor concludes that, hey, your parents might have been these crazy scientists oh who experimented <laughs> on themselves and experimented Starkey on the you. timeless child. So basically, he kind of has this like um, antibody to like alien or time stream madness in him, so he doesn't get affected by time loops or any of that weird shit. Um, it's never addressed after that episode, so. Is yeah, there's no character arc. To it sounds go like with a, it. a cool episode. It's an okay episode, but it doesn't really do the time loop justice. No. <laughs> yeah. That was a good concept, though. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, um, it, it's it's like the timeless child in terms of it's it's mentioned one episode and kind of just dropped, never ex- elaborated further. Yeah. Well, if if the show got the 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 25 seasons that they really needed to tell that complex story you know i'm sure i'm sure that really it was on the studio but that story never got completed it was just too too complex to to deal with (laughs) in one season uh so we cut to the professor sitting in his lovely house as he always does staring at a screen and he's getting kind of cold feet with K-9 attacking the prison. And he's like, hey, K-9, come back. And K-9's like, no, I must commit murder. Uh, and then he's like, God, <laughs> couldn't they have installed kitten in you? And I'm like, God, that's a terrible line. I'm going to sneeze. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, maybe I am. We'll find out as I'm recording. Uh, he's like, God, oh, that, that's, that's a terrible line. And then we cut to some really bad CGI of the giant ball things. Uh, and we cut to some members of the department who are, like, in a room somewhere, uh, being like, oh, there's some people nearby. And we then go towards Starkey and Darius, who are not in their car. We never see them in the car again. And yep. we do not see the car drive because Darius parked it just off frame and we're walking now. <laughs> but also, this is one of the rare scenes that's actually filmed outside. Cause you can see the hair moving. You can see the tree moving. And I don't know why it's outside as opposed to any other scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'd think if it was outside, they'd be able to actually bring the car. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, my guess is the car is just like a cardboard prop. <laughs> yeah. And it was slightly windy that day and it was going to blow away. <laughs> yeah. And they uh, they stand around talking about nonsense as we cut to K9 uh, in battle mode as he gets his ass handed to him by the flying testicles. Uh, <laughs> you know, they start shooting lasers at him. They kind of remind me of the little ball things the master hung out with in the Sound of Drums. Yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. The oh god, I, they had a dumb name. Uh, oh, I want to say testosterone. <laughs> it, it started with T, I think. The ter te, 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 te um, the Doctor te, Who Master Flap Tep T Tapa. Balls. Okay, I, I just searched up Doctor Who Master Balls and I got Toclophane. That's it, the Toclophane. Right, I'm glad. I'm, I am so glad nothing else came up when I searched Doctor <laughs> Who Master Balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a dangerous search right there. Uh, but the flying testicles start shooting at K9, and it's some really, really horrendous looking CGI. Uh, we cut there, to. Yeah, 
there is no physics in terms of like what K9 is doing. He just kind of like floats about. And My favorite gets hit. bit is when he gets hit. He gets hit like several times as he's going down. Yeah. But it doesn't look like he's getting hit by a laser. It looks like there's like a red stick touching him and moving him across the frame. Like yeah, he he kind of shakes around in one spot, kind of goes back, shakes around some more. Yeah, it's, it's, and yeah, you, you know, it doesn't this make is any a, sense. It's a children's show with a bad budget, and we're making fun of the special effects, but the special effects are horrendous and should be made fun of because you know, Sarah yeah. Jane Adventures didn't have good special effects at all. The special effects were terrible, but they weren't distractingly bad. This is distractingly yeah, I, bad. Yeah. I think if Kane, if, I think I think if Sarah Jane Adventures had a lower quality script like this show does, I think the CGI would be more noticeable. Yeah. But because Sarah Jane has solid scripts, you're like, oh yeah, this show is great. This yeah, I I forgive this bad CGI. Whereas yeah. here, there is no good quality. I I would say. Yeah. Uh. But we cut back to Starkey and Darius, and they're like, oh, well, where could K9 be? I wonder. And then K9 falls out the sky into a bin behind them. <sighs> Ha ha ha! Uh, they look at the bin briefly and go, "I guess that was nothing," and look away, all puzzled and like, "Why not even just investigate what fell in the bin?" They act like they didn't hear it, even though they reacted to it. It's weird. Uh, and you know, K9 then dies, staring at a tin of beans as the professor's like, "K9, are you dead?" Uh, and we are seven minutes into the episode, and we already have K9 dead in a bin. If that isn't the perfect metaphor for this series, I do not know what is. <laughs> <laughs> also, K9 spends the entirety of Act 2 in this bin, which yeah. is a whole, like, it's insane. Second episode, and he spends a third of it in a bin, staring up beans. Yeah. Which yeah. is, and also this is like the, didn't he power down at the end of last episode as well? It was just like the He exploded at the start of it, then it took yeah. him ages to regenerate, then he regenerates, and then... He doesn't do something for quite some time. Yeah, they always find a yeah. way of just getting K9 away. Yeah, the problem with K9 is he's too weak, which makes him... Yeah, we just say... Every moment we're like, oh yeah, we need to write K9 out of his show. We need to have him sit on a table and the professor pokes around his brain for a bit. Mm-hmm. And he does nothing. Yeah. Which is yeah. great character development. He's also just, just not like, a good character. And so yeah. <laughs> you can't think of anything interesting or exciting for him to do because he is a robot dog designed to have existed for one character and got made into a full-time companion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I yeah, I imagine Bob Baker was just so angry about this. I understand completely. <laughs> Episode 2 and my character is just in a bin? Yeah, the, like, main, the, the main character. The show's called K9. The show's yeah. not called The Adventures of Stark Reality. You know, <laughs> yeah, or Professor also, and that, Pals. That, that reminds me. I was thinking today. This show kind of feels like the. It's kind of like two shows combined into one. If that makes sense, like they had this idea about a futuristic London with robot cops, and suddenly uh, Bob Baker came along with K Nine, and we're yeah. like, ah, that's a missing component. Let's merge the two ideas in and, together uh, it's it's that's not the missing component that's what's going to get us our budget that we can make the show yeah you know it, that's that's yeah. the, the 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 big name star we need to get our show made uh yeah i'd buy that i'd buy that as an as a theory uh we then get my favorite scene in the episode like really <laughs> yo it's my favorite scene in the episode it made me laugh twice now watching it 
uh starkey and darius are in the sewer and they're bickering like whose idea was it to come down here anyway oh screw this i'm going home says starkey and darius is like hey whatever man i'll do what i like and he leans against a wall and promptly falls through it uh he calls for help and starkey comes over and he's like oh my god what happened and he's like "Ah, i don't know it's bad bricks uh and then they're like listen listen to the humming oh my god we're at we're at the prison we've had we found our way to the prison immediately uh, that was great. Good job you stumbled into it. And he's like, hey, what do you mean stumbled? I, I found it on purpose. He's like, how did you find it on purpose? You fell through a wall. He's like, oh, well, you know, it's just what I meant to do. And he's like, you know, you fell through the wall and asked for help. I didn't ask for help. You scream. I heard you scream help. And then there's the, the line that Darius is like, I don't know what you heard, man. It makes me laugh every time he says it. You know, it's 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 some like it's not great back and forth bickering, but yeah. I think it's really funny. Uh, like it's 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 like a spark of oh my god there's something there uh, in the show that they never find again you know that bickering where it suddenly becomes fun I I can see where you're coming from but I'm mainly distracted by oh yeah two teenagers like go down into the sewers they break a wall and they stumble onto the entrance of a high tech security prison with aliens it's it's just lazy writing at this point <laughs> canines in a bin uh <laughs> i don't think the plot structure matters you know the, but the, dude. the sooner they find the prison the sooner the episode ends <laughs> but dude you, like you could have had canine just floating around looking for like an entrance and you could like, have had canine spot. team up with them yeah, and like he, he's coming along. He blasts a hole through the wall. Follow me, guys. My sensors have discovered something, uh, and they're bickering the whole way through. You know, but no, no, no. Canine, they're, they're beans. You know, who's gonna look at the beans? <laughs> yeah, he's just thinking them right, having a light, nice little tasty snack. Of yeah, baked yeah. beans on toast. Yeah, exactly. A lovely filling <laughs> dinner of baked beans. Snack. Okay, so uh, Starkey and Dar. No, sorry, we we cut to where did we go? Where did we go? Did we cut to the <laughs> professor first? I've already forgotten. I'm just gonna go to Starkey and Darius in the prison. Uh, where yeah, yeah, because we get in the shot of the prison. Starkey and Darius pull up, and then a robot guy, a robot cop, comes up behind them and grabs them in the shoulder, and somehow they don't hear his Cyberman legs. Uh, which, by the way, it sounds exactly like the goddamn sound effect that the Cybermen have. Further, yeah. further playing into my theory that this is Universe Two, uh, <laughs> you know. And and he he grabs the kids and he's like, "Well, we're going to prison, boys." And Starkey's like, "Oh my God, K9!" And he blows the whistle, and we get the contradiction from last episode, where last episode said K9 said, "You know, Starkey, if you use this whistle, it'll bring you to me." Uh, whereas yeah. the whistle here is to bring K9 to Starkey. Where's the consistency? What are the rules? Uh, <laughs> and we cut to the professor who's looking at the screen of beans, and he's like, "Oh my God, Starkey's calling you, K9! Come on, wake up, dog, wake up!" And K9 kind of lifts his head, and then he falls back asleep dead. Uh, we are almost halfway through this episode and K9 has done nothing but fly, get shot, and land in a bin. Uh, <laughs> excellent. Uh, we go to the prison where Starkey and Darius are getting led through and we're getting kind of a uh, rogues gallery view. You know, we're looking at all the aliens one by one. There's some fun designs in there. We see the golden face dude. I forget what their yeah. species was called. Uh, but eventually so they, get, yeah, they get thrown into a cell with who is it mr whiffy the villain yeah. says uh generic 
corporate villain dude is like, oh, you're going in the cell with Mr. Whiffy. Uh, they throw him in the cell. And then we see the lady appears around the corner when Darius is like, hey, what charges are you holding us on? And she's like, we can do what we like. We're in charge. Uh, yeah. Also, also they broke in. So, yeah, that's more yeah. enough reason to keep yeah. you prisoner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and she searches them. She finds the, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Darius has a, like, phone i guess that is immediately yeah. connected to facetime with the professor um and she 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 calls him up on the facetime and she's like yo professor how's it going and professor's like why are you keeping aliens prisoners and i actually really liked the reasoning that she gave i thought it was like some justifiable reasoning that almost you know it would sound like something unit would do um to justify something evil they're doing it's, it's i feel like it's more torchwood than unit but yeah. it's it's still you know unit absorbs torchwood and then they still go on and do this evil deed of locking up to catalog uh the aliens that are there and to make sure that if any are dangerous they know how to defeat them uh, well because i've seen the final episode i've seen most of the episodes now i know exactly why we're cataloging these aliens to combine them taking... into a giant zord alien yeah we're, we're combining all the <laughs> dna to create like a giant dinosaur dude Wait, are they really and then yeah oh my god i was joking in, that's in, excellent <laughs> in the final episode they just combine all the dna to create this giant dinosaur to i guess kill everyone on earth i'm not really sure why but um, because the Jixen and the Corvin are at war with each other, the Jixen side of the DNA and the Corvin side of the DNA kind of like self, kind of like cause a self destruction within the monster, and the monster dies. So, the the war between the Jixen and the whatever they were called Corvin isn't because of like political means or you know somebody conquered someone's planet. It's a genetic disposition I, to be at yeah. war with one another i think so because there, there's a point where k9 like screams out one of the calling calls of one of the species i mean that causes the other side of the dna to be like oh shit the corvin are here or whatever we need to attack which yeah so i guess it is genetic which is bullshit Strange. yeah weird <laughs> weird but yeah that's that's why we're cataloging all the aliens yeah uh and where that that's that's basically the the main justification of it and uh the professor's like oh well stop and then the lady yeah. just hangs up on him uh, the weird thing for me was the facetime for the lady made sense like it was from her first person like like she was looking into the webcam but the professor shot was just the camera angle we were looking at before uh, -huh. uh but made to look as if it's coming through a webcam uh that's yeah, just, a, just a bit lazy yeah it's, it's not it's not the best right it's not the best uh filming is it um but also speaking of like just it being a bit lazy we see this set the prison set for a million times it's it's, it's always used for sewer scenes and every episode we're in the sewers for whatever reason so yeah between the house and the house set and the prison set it's basically 90 percent of a show <laughs> awesome uh but the prison scene concludes basically with the lady going up to them and she's like i'm gonna extend your sentence starkey to a year if you don't give us k9 uh and darius is like okay cool we'll give you k9 no problem 
Uh, and Starkey's like, no, we, oh, we can't do that. We can't give you K. Why? Why can't Starkey give up K9? I, you know, I get the, uh, you know, oh, they're bonded together, but they've spent no time together on camera, and yeah. currently K9 is dead and in a bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, K- K9 is just so weak, and I don't. Again, I've seen every episode, but I can't remember exactly why we need K9. At one point, we take his regeneration. Cool robot device. dog, isn't it? Oh, actually, we take his regeneration device to actually to stabilize the portal between the two worlds of the Corvin and Earth. That's okay. all, I, I'm not exactly sure why the regeneration device does that, but yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we need K nine for for a regeneration device. Yeah, uh, but instead, because they said that they're not doing it, the lady is like, "Well, enjoy staying there with <sighs> Mister Whiffy." <laughs> oh, what a funny name for an alien. And also, I'm fine with a stinky alien, but this alien doesn't look like it stinks. You know what I mean? <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like the design of the alien. It's like jiggly. He's like a jiggly yeah. boy. <laughs> like... <laughs> it's like me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at least make him look like garbage or whatever. Make him yeah, look re- yeah. physically re- repulsive. I love <laughs> the professor. He's got such a good strategy. Uh, so we cut to a very brief exterior shot and we're going to where the professor is and he's pacing back and forth. He's trying to figure out how to get K9 back and he comes up with a great solution. He goes, oh, come on, K9. <laughs> Why didn't he think of that sooner? I know. I mean, I really, really, okay. it sums up how useful the professor is, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the professor looks at the photo of his family that are laughing like sinister ghosts, uh, and he goes on to have the briefest of semi-emotional speeches, you know, he takes his glasses off so you know it's serious, uh, and he's like, come on, K-9, if you survive, even though he's dead, and the boys don't, you'll never forgive yourself, how could you move on, blah, 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 it's fine, it's like, the 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 actor that's doing the professor's doing a decent job for a children's yeah. show. I feel like he could maybe do a good job with a good director and a better script. Yeah. But you know he's doing fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I I do like this moment because obviously he's feeling some kind of guilt yeah. towards um, whatever happened with his family. Dying. Yeah, yeah. We don't we uh, twenty six episodes. We still don't exactly know what happened to his family. Uh, like um, what's his face again? Like uh, Darius says, yeah. but for basically we're on holiday. I mean, all of a sudden, his family were taken away from him, which I presume means he they died, but they never say the words died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, have this scene kind of... Have you ever seen The Flash? No. Every episode of The Flash has characters like Harrison Wells or Cisco stand behind the computer watching The Flash, like, unconscious or whatever, and they're like, come on, Flash, you can run, 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 Barry, run. <laughs> It's like every single episode. I feel like the Flash stole it from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the professor's rousing speech doesn't work, but bouncing the plastic ball does work because remember the repetition for whatever reason reignites canine in some way. I don't understand. Uh, and canine jolts alive, and the professor's like, "Oh my god, you're alive!" And canine's like, "Yeah, of course I was alive. I was just processing their energy or whatever in my circuits." Like, and if that was true, then why did the ball make you come alive, canine? You liar! It, yeah, it it uh, doesn't make any sense. Like, surely, like listening to the professor go like canine, canine over and over again. Yeah, the repetition, repetition enough. Yeah, yeah. But also those like listening to birds. 
count as repetition, like hearing birds? No, bouncing rubber air? balls specifically. That's <laughs> that's it. I'm afraid. It, it's and also we didn't also the whistle around Starkey's neck because yeah, repetition yeah. as well. It's not about the ball though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just got it because it is a ball and he's a dog and dogs play fetch. Yeah. It's, yeah, it took, it took me a while, but I understand. It <laughs> took you an episode now. and a half. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, then canine bursts out of the bin, and I think I know what I don't like about the CGI. And uh, yeah. you know, it it falls into it, you know, it being a children's show, and it's 2010. The CGI is not great in anything, uh, but he doesn't have any weight. Whereas the when yeah, they're I... using the physical prop, it's like a pretty decent sized prop, but it's got like a weight to it, and his movements yeah. are stiff and slow. Uh, but when it comes to the CG animation, he's like moving around like he doesn't weigh anything, and things are moving quicker than they normally should. Uh, and it's... Yeah, it just feels it just feels like somebody's dragging him along with a mouse yeah. on like a stock footage of London. That's all that's basically <laughs> going on. Yeah, it's good. It's he, good. He he's like a JPEG in a paint <laughs> thing. We're <laughs> just dragging around with JPEG. Uh, so we cut to Starkey and Darius in the prison and then they remembered that they actually had a third character called Georgie and she just kind of shows up. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's never really explained why she just heard the bickering, but she knew where her his car was parked. She was tracking the look. car. Yeah, she was tracking the car okay. and then followed the bickering is what she said. But, but, it's, but she's very much just a deus ex machina appearing of nowhere to save them, you know? Yep, but did she know they were about? Like we haven't had any communication in a while. Yeah, yeah no. She, <laughs> when was the last she, time we saw her? To start of the episode, when she <laughs> breaks into the house. Uh, so why do why does she, why does she know they're trying to go to where K nine is and get the Jixen? Look, don't ask questions. She's here, and she <laughs> <she's>, <laughs> and she goes to to break them out. We've there's some back and forth so called flirting where. Uh, Darius says that she smells like poop. Uh, you know, he's like, "Oh, you smell worse than Mister Whiffy." And then he looks at her like, "That was a good line, wasn't it?" Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and she she goes out to get them, and we cut to a guard who's like, "Oh, what's this ruckus?" And he's like, "I don't care. I'm playing video games. I'm on level six. You know, like all those video games where where you're on level six now and you can't stop playing. Yeah. Oh, I'd like uh, video uh, games. It's uh, like Tetris." Yeah, I feel like that joke must have been written by Bob Baker, who hadn't touched a video game so, <laughs> since, like, 1972 with Pong. And he's yeah, like, oh, we're yeah. on levels now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can't save your game or pause your game, because that's, yeah. that's too complicated. That takes up too much save data, you know? Uh, but also, when... he's like, oh, oh yeah, I don't want I don't want the robot to check. His, uh, like, there is no security in this fucking place. Yeah, yeah. Children yeah. come and go as they please. It's very bizarre. Anyway, uh, I forgot what I was about to say. Where are we in the scene? They're about to break out, yeah. Uh, so they break out of prison and all the alarms start blaring and then the guards are like, oh, we should do something. And the robot guard's like, are you sure you're not on level seven? Ha, 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 ha. And everybody laughs and gives a big round of applause. Um, <laughs> we then get everybody's like running through the halls. So we get K9, who's also coming through the halls of the prison now. Also, the Jixen have suddenly showed up again. There's a great shot there where it starts off with a shadow of yeah, K9. Yeah. I mean, the camera pans to reveal K9 himself. That's a nice little shot. That's yeah. like three good shots in like 15 minutes. 
yeah occasionally the the cinematographer it, it knocks out the park um but they're they're running and there's this really great moment where they're running down the hall and i only noticed this because there's this white alien who's looking right into the lens of the camera as they're <laughs> running down the hall and then it cuts and it's the exact same shot but they've flipped it so that they're yeah. running the opposite direction but but then then after that shot they they show the conclusion of that shot but it's unflipped again yeah so it, it just it's just jarring and it's like we broke the 180 degree rule it's beautiful beautiful stuff uh <laughs> then at a certain point uh starkey finds himself cornered by the jixon again i'm really confused as to how that managed to happen yeah yeah it doesn't make any sense like the jixon just appears out of nowhere uh, you really uh, the the issue that it's fallen into now is i don't know the geography of this place i don't know where yeah. any character is in relation to the other character you know? It's because this this set is just a corridor, and they just shoot around it, just show like people walking up and down it all over. It's yeah. it's, it's just one corridor. That's why we can't really show where people are. Yeah, but it's a bit of an issue when you start not understanding where the characters are in relation with each other. You know, that's where the the problem comes in. Yeah, but the kids watching this are too busy picking their nose to no kids pay attention. Are no kid is watching this. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm pretty sure we're the only two people in the world watching this right now. You know? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, Starkey is cornered against the wall by the Jixon. This is probably the 15th time it's happened in two episodes, and the Jixon still yep. doesn't do anything. It just stares at him while he says a really bad quip. Then K9 shows yep. up and does what K9 does best, murder with lasers, uh, as he shoots a laser into the back of the Jixon, but it doesn't kill him because his energy levels are still too low from staring at beans before. And so they're like, his, oh. his, his fucking energy levels are always so low. It's like, <laughs> they find every way to just depower him. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. What, a, what a great character he is. Uh, and they, they decide to just run for it, and they're like, oh, we can trap him. And they're running away. Uh, and they're like, oh, follow us, Jixon, follow us, and we're getting all these action shots, and K9's like, hurry, let's do it! But everybody's, like, walking. And, like, yeah. even and also, K9's K flying really slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, K9's moving like a fucking granny. <laughs> like, it's such a slow chase scene. It's really not exciting to look at in the slightest. You know, yeah, despite also, the fact uh, you don't want to look at it because of the goddamn effect on the Jixon. Yeah, and also there's a point where, um... Starkey is like, oh yeah, I've got my, I've got loads of friends in here. I mean, he opens up a prison cell, uh, <laughs> leaves his in jacket, and yeah, I mean, K9's like, oh, this is twice as many friends as I expected. <laughs> That's kind of a good line. It's a burn from kind K9 of. right there. I want a burn from K9. Uh, also, I forgot. Uh, K9 refers to the Jixon as a xenomorph, which yeah, is the alien yeah. from Alien. The alien from so Alien. So K. Yeah. K9 forgot all of his memories, but somehow he remembers the movie Alien. Well, it's a classic. Directed <laughs> by Ridley, directed by Ridley Scott, who was going to be the guy who designed the Daleks, but yeah, then he dropped yeah, out yeah. last minute, which is yeah. interesting. There you go, some probably not trivia. Uh, absolutely, yeah. but yeah, um, K9. Uh, 
best line of the show. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, best line oh. of the show is I don't know what you heard, man. But yeah. Uh, uh, or, another, or, another, or is there another fantastic line coming up? So that's the best line. <laughs> no, get, we'll uh, get to that. The Jixxon comes chasing and it falls for the trap into the prison cell and they close the door behind it and then they're like, haha, we win. Na, 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 na. Uh, and then this, this, the evil dude from before, the like generic bad guy uh, guy comes in and canine's like, oh, I detect an alien presence. And the dude just, boom, snap transforms into a member of the Mirren. And they're like, oh my god, he's a, he's a Mirren. And then the dude just kills K9 again. K9 is, he, he died at the start of the episode, fell yeah. into a bin, came back for five seconds, got killed again, and hit against a wall. Excellent. What a hero he K9 is. Uh, yeah. And Starkey is straight it's... up about to be killed. He, Starkey is about to die until the Jixxon is like, oh my god, that's a Mirren, I'm going to screech. And he screeches, and the Mirren runs away. Uh, I get, uh, the the Mirren isn't a bad design, to be honest. That's no, pretty cool. That's a pretty cool uh, yeah, fish, it's, fish, it's fish guy with creepy fingers. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'm also that's, a, that's an early indica- indication that the Jixxon are actually friendly. But it doesn't take mm-hmm. it takes until like I, twenty episodes until we find that out. <laughs> I'd say it's also an early indication that the department are like infiltrated by aliens. Actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, it's a smarter show than you give it credit for. But also, what happened to all the Robocops and the guards and... The, oh, they're... The rest? They're somewhere else, you know. <laughs> just dying about playing video games. Yeah, they're on level 7 now. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody's just gone, you know. that That's yeah. the issue when it comes to not knowing where anybody is in relation to each yeah. other. They're just vanished. They just no longer exist. Also, uh, I just imagine that the writers completely forgot we had characters previously in the scene and we never returned yeah. for another draft of a script <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly right uh but starkey runs off to grab k9 because he has died again that's kind of his k9's achilles heel is dying he, he also dies in like third episode as well which is <laughs> yeah because yeah. the writers don't want to write about k9 yeah good show uh, so we then get a bunch of scenes that I'm like struggling to remember having just looked at them, yeah. uh, where the lady and the evil man are like, oh, we've got to hide in this room. The Jixxon are attacking. Uh, and there was a yeah. little bit of subtle acting. I really like with the guy where his hands like shaking mm. and there's a little bit of blue paint where he's just transforming back from the mirror. And they do an annoying thing where they cut to an extreme close up off it in case you missed it. Yeah. Whereas I would have just left it as a subtle thing for you to notice if you went to pick up on that, but. Yeah, I remember noticing that, but, but um, by episode 25, I completely forgot about it, because as you said, none of this is memorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, the, the scene opens with him hearing the Jixxon call out, but we didn't hear the alarms from like two, 10 minutes ago. Like, remember when all the alarms went off? When, you know? <laughs> it feels like we should have don't, heard the alarms. No, no. They're just, they were playing video. They were level, level 6, so... <laughs> had head had headphones on uh yeah uh and they notice that canine's there and the lady's like oh my god they're going to escape with canine you, you know what? i'm going to go get them you're a coward uh blue guy you're finished uh around here and he's like oh you'll live to regret the day girl uh and the, the evil lady runs off after them then suddenly starkey's talking to canine and he's like come on canine be alive and canine's like no <laughs> don't want to don't want to be alive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. As, Dan, as Dan would say, what's the point in being alive? 
Yeah, canine basically just sits there and like is like, oh, go on and fight me. I'm I'm an old dog now. <laughs> this is episode two. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Again, uh, K nine doesn't want to do fucking anything. He's, he doesn't. Even K nine doesn't want to be in his own show. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it makes sense though. Uh, and then suddenly, Starkey is with the gang again. He like yeah. essentially turns a corner, and they're all there. Like, what is the geography of this place? I have no idea. Uh, but they're hot wiring through a door. Uh, they get through the door as the lady comes through larger doors. It's it's about yeah. as exciting as I'm describing it. It's a dark <laughs> corridor into a dark warehouse. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, but, so yeah, they, they trade the sewers for a warehouse, which is, again, the geography doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. what the fuck is this warehouse? Why is this warehouse here? Yeah. It's just an empty room. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's such a good episode. We then get our grand epic battle scene uh, in this warehouse. You know, there's three minutes left in the episode, so this is where it's all going to culminate. Uh, where the evil lady is being all evil lady, and she's like, I'm an evil lady. You're all <laughs> going to be in trouble. Uh, and we've got the great line from Darius where he's like, uh, what's the line exactly? Uh, Mr. Whiffy may be farty, stinky, and gross, but you, lady, you're the monster. Oh, yeah. That is. That's... It's like, I'm I'm sorry, but this is supposed to be a big epic. Uh, I'll show you, lady, and he use the word farty. It's like because it's really? funny. Because it's funny. Because kids, kids, kids. You know, it's it's it's, it's comedy. <laughs> uh, but there, there's also a moment in this in this scene that is really underplayed for how dramatic it could have been, and it's something I didn't expect. Or, or it's like I didn't expect them to present it so nonchalantly when Georgie's mm. like oh my god mum you're what are you you know the evil lady's her mum that's a huge character moment and she's like yeah. I thought you just had a job in IT and then Tarius goes oh so you guys know each other cool <laughs> also uh, also Georgie's Georgie stands around in the room for like 40 seconds yeah, before yeah. being like oh, oh, oh yeah wait that's my no, mom right there's another <laughs> there's another moment where Georgie has delayed for la reactions as well but I love the line of, of Darius being like oh so you guys do know each other like no they're related like that's mother and they don't just know each other what are you yeah. on about they're not just like casual acquaintances <laughs> <laughs> but, but it kind of goes to the point of these these writers cannot remember a character is in the room unless they have spoken dialogue. Yeah, and it's as if their spoken dialogue is the first time they exist within the scene. Like if if they don't speak, they don't exist, which is really bizarre. Yeah, yeah it's great. Uh, the Jixon shows up again. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to do anything still. Woohoo! I'm going to launch some bad special effects at people, and everyone's like, oh, these hurt. They're so bad. Uh, and <laughs> they uh, they fight it, and they 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 all work together to figure out that this weird device thing. They stick it on, it will I guess knock out the Jixon. Uh, I thought yeah. it was going to explode because they say it's a self destruct, but I guess it's more of a stun self destruct than not one. Uh, but during the fight, the evil lady gets knocked over, and there's this great moment where Georgie stares at her fall to the ground. She looks at her on the ground for like a solid second, then she goes. Mom, 
<laughs> like, well, like you'd say it as she's falling or as she hits the ground you'd be like mom as you're running not look at her <laughs> mom then move it's such it reminds, bad direction it, it, it reminds me of guardians of the galaxy 3 when uh, mantis gets hit by something in the background and it takes like three seconds for drax to turn around and be like oh watch out <laughs> do you remember that part guardians of the galaxy 3 sorry guardians of the galaxy 2 <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. You know, I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, man. It's com- coming out soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next year? I don't know. Exciting times. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's But, like, that was done intentionally. This is so yeah. <laughs> painfully unintentional. It's it's like, it's both bad direction and bad editing, and it's beautiful. Uh, and and also, also, they're trying to slow down the footage to make it, like, dramatic, very s- dramatic uh. slow motion. But it's like there's no frames. There's like there's less than twenty four frames per second in this camera. It's yeah. like it doesn't really work. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, one of the greatest action scenes I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, oh, oh yeah, and then at the end of the scene, Starkey faints for some reason. So it's, it's dramatic. Like, oh my God. So, so it's so it's dramatic. It's it's so they can get out the scene without having to think <laughs> about it. Because if, Again, a, char- if not... a character faints, you can fade to black. But Ooh. you know. Why? Why not end of a scene with K nine dying for like a fourth time? True, that would have been <laughs> that would have made me more concerned as a viewer. <laughs> what a terrible show! <laughs> so we get our grand conclusion to the episode, and it, it because we so dramatically faded out with the character fainting, it means that we can quickly wrap up the plot in two seconds without having to actually yeah. show it. Uh, and we find out that somebody leaked the prison to the press. Uh, that news got out. All the aliens got free and the prison shut down now. Whew. Thank goodness that happened in one second flat. That was wonderful. Uh, that would have been hard to yeah. get out of otherwise. And then, you know, after this episode, it feels like everyone on Earth forgets about the all the information being leaked because in like five episodes time we're doing a publicity stunt where the department like put a bomb in the London eye and everybody's trusting the department again like nothing ever happened because there's no continuity in this show wonderful uh and they're chatting and they're like oh well that's problem solved then i'm feeling better i guess i'm going to leave because we made a deal and they're like what you made a deal okay well, I'm the professor. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to stand here and sip my tea awkwardly. Yeah. <laughs> the professor never steps into any situation, even when he's in the room. I love it. Again, the professor is supposed to be like a father figure, like a surrogate father. He's to also his like kid. the he's also like the 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 standard version of the doctor, you know. Yeah, or he, or Sarah Jane in the Sarah Jane adventures. Yeah, yeah. but he doesn't do his kids anything. underneath. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and you know they might say something some bad quip i don't remember uh but we basically we go from that house where starkey's like i'm going to leave to the outside of london again it's the exact same shot of the flying billboard going behind the buildings and we're back at the fence from episode one with starkey uh trying to hack into the billboard because again it's connected to the fence for some reason and Mm. the robots come again walking really slowly and they're like hey this is illegal what you're doing and starkey's like haha i don't need to move very fast to avoid you uh and then yeah he 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 just goes for a light jog he just goes for a light sprint yeah (laughs) the robots are just like oh i'll catch up eventually yeah (laughs) And then uh, K9 shows up and they're like, oh my god, unregistered mechanical device. Uh, and they're like, haha, we're going to be best friends forever, fighting the system. 
yeah, let's go. And then we end on like a, it felt very Doctor Who to me, the actual ending where it's on the billboard and it's like, for your own good, you know, we're we're keeping you oppressed for your own good. And it's like, ends with this like, uh, cell door getting locked in key sort of sound Mm -hmm. effect. Uh, and I was like, oh, that that reminds me of like David Tennant era Doctor Who. Like, remember yeah. the episode where they're in future London and everybody's got the stickers that make them feel stuff. You oh know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's like that's the sort of vibe I get from it. Um, um, as far as an ending scene in in principle, um, ending the the scene. Okay, Wikipedia says this is a three-parter, but it's obviously a two-parter. It doesn't make sense. This is yeah, the this first is, three this parts is a complete wrap-up to the sort. Like you could yeah. end the entire series here. Like... But yeah, this scene is a perfect book end to the op- this whole two-parter, yeah. which is yeah, it's, it's nice and principal, even though nothing happens in this scene. It's kind of shit, but <laughs> yeah. it, uh, they they had some knowledge of how to wrap up a story, at least in terms of like oh thematically. Yeah, we're at the same location we were when we were first introduced to the character, but now <laughs> instead we have a robot dog instead of Georgie. Also, Georgie just straight up vanishes again. She's in like three yeah. scenes this entire episode. Yeah. Like, they totally and also, forgot she's a character. That reminds me, her learning about her mum being part of this department reminds me of the doctor learning her mum was part yes. of a division. Yes. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is bad news. Anyway, I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah, I'll forget all about <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the the episode ends with really no broad conclusions no character development other than canines now with starkey yeah uh georgie gets lost to the wind darius never changes (laughs) and the professor straight up doesn't do anything the entire time and that is the end of episode two in the last episode the professor does step outside and that's a big character arc yeah very briefly (laughs) and then he goes back inside uh (laughs) but that yeah that's the end of episode two and the end of our probably extremely deep dive i i like mm. I, this is probably going to be like what three hours minimum uh yeah deep I, dive. i'd say it's probably like three and a half hours at this point like yeah <laughs> yeah deep dive into the canine show if you've made it this far congratulations uh i hope you watch the show as well because it's it's terrible but what did you think scott about canine uh, this show is kind of the perfect 2009 Disney XD show because I wanted to, I want to take you back to 2009 when Disney XD was launching. We had shows like Iron Stone, which was about a gamer boy who became a spy kind of guy or whatever. It, that show was terrible. We had a show called Zeke and Luther about two skateboarding dudes. That show was awful. Um, we had we had a show called I'm in the band about a boy um, being in a heavy metal band or whatever. That show was awful. We had Pair of Kings about two boys discovering they were kings of this like enchanted island. That show was awful. Wait, hang so, on. Yeah. Hang on. I don't think that they have enough shows about two boys. <laughs> I feel like there's a real lack of representation there. I feel like we should get a couple more shows for two boys, yeah. please. Yeah, so basically <laughs> Disney XD was just Disney Channel, but for boys and we're extreme and we're radical so edgy and, cool. and radical. Yeah, not realizing and... that, you know, the 90s ended a long time ago. Yeah. I I was 12 when this channel launched. And I was nine. I watched. I, I, yeah, I tried every show from the first two years of his channel launch and i hated every single you know, show and i would say 
K9's honestly the best show out of the bunch, which is wild to say. I was probably more for the target audience than you were because, you know, I was nine years old. I was like a young yeah. kid. And I can tell you now, I didn't watch a single goddamn show on Disney XD. Uh, yeah. Like at all. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. So Disney XD was a bit of a shit channel for me. I would only watch shows like Phineas and Ferb, Zack and Cody, which are, are shows from Disney Channel. Um, sometimes the Marvel shows as well, and we later had shows like Star Wars Rebels, which yeah. were pre- which was pretty decent. But yeah, Disney XD as a channel was a bit shit, and K Nine uh, is a perfect Disney XD show, which is a backhanded compliment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've had the show scheduled in to be reviewed on this date. For basically since we started the podcast, you know, yeah. th- this was one that we've ha- we've been preparing for for a long time. And so I went into it with a little bit of hype, you know, because I've been building uh-huh. up in my head about how terrible it's going to be or how surprisingly great it's going to be like the Doctor Who movie. You know, maybe it's another hidden gem. Oh, my God, I have to buy the Doctor Who movie on DVD. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe it's another hidden gem like that. And after watching, I've watched the first three episodes uh, yeah. And I've now seen these first two episodes twice. I think the canine's biggest problem is that it's bland. You know, yeah. it's not so like there's some bits that are so bad you can make fun of, but there's some most of the time it's just boring or poorly yeah. put together in a not fun way. Like at least in the Doctor Who movie, when there's something bad that happens, you can be like, that's a bit silly, whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then it gets like completely overshadowed by the amazing scenes in that movie. Uh, whereas K9, the amazing stuff is like occasionally they have a good shot or they yeah. have a line of dialogue <laughs> that will make you go, huh. yeah. So, so I'm one of those rare people who have probably seen about 15 complete episodes of this show. <laughs> and the other 11 episodes I kind of skimmed through. And there are episodes where it's like, oh yeah, there's a decent concept around here somewhere, but we kind of put like maybe like 30% effort into it and we don't be that creative. We just kind of go for the basic story beats. And it's like, yeah. you could have... Or, it or does, it does the, in, show, the show comes across kind of lazy at times, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. So there's, there's moments in these two episodes where it's like perfect opportunity for character development. Like we've seen where Georgia finds out her mom is working for the bad guys. And it's like, oh yeah, it should be a big moment. But it kind of passes by without really any fanfare yeah and then we never see georgie again until the next episode yeah. and they remember she's a character yeah yeah it is yeah it's a, it's a disappointment i'm glad i own it on dvd uh-huh. uh because not many people will own it on dvd i suppose <laughs> it's one of those things it's only the first set it's the first 12 maybe six yeah. it's it's not a, i think there's multiple discs so it's maybe the first 12 uh hang on let's see yeah there's there's two discs and there's six episodes on each disc so first 12 episodes of and then there's volume two as well volume one i bought on amazon for like what i think 10 pound or so uh yeah. volume two uh you can buy on amazon for 50 pounds so yeah. <laughs> that second set of episodes apparently hard to get on DVD. I wonder if it's because they didn't print many because the volume yeah, it, one it, didn't sell yeah, well. It, oh. it tells you volume one undersold, and it went to like a DVD warehouse somewhere, and people just kept them. 
people just found it in a warehouse and were like, oh yeah, we could sell this for cheap on Amazon or whatever. Yeah. Whereas see, Volume 2 was like, oh yeah, nobody's buying this show. Let's just release like maybe 100,000 DVDs instead of 500,000. <laughs> yeah. 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 One, one day I'll get Volume 2 just to have the complete collection of something I'll never watch again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a show that feels like it deserves better. Like if they did a season two and they were like in the writer's room being like, oh yeah, we need to really Let's take focus the good and... parts from season yeah. one and focus up. Yeah, they could make, there's a good I show. Would... There is a good show hidden yeah. here. Yeah. I would 100% give it another go if they did, well obviously we won't do a season two now, but if we did a season two, I would give it another chance. But yeah. I think the way you make it, make it a good show is you don't make K9 the main character. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's uh, 100% the truth, because K9 does not work as the lead character, as we've said. He he works as a sidekick, and he can't make a show based on a sidekick. It, it really doesn't work. He doesn't have a strong personality. Yeah. <sighs> what a garbage show. Anyway, it, I think that brings us to the end. Yeah. But we, I'm not sure which one is worse, K9 canine and Company or this, because we're both pretty rough for different reasons. Yeah, uh, I would sooner... I think I would rather watch this than K9 and Company. Right? K9 mm. and Company... It's just the one episode, which is yeah. great. Uh, its pacing is incredible in that it zips by, but yeah. it is really bad. You know, yeah. at least in K9, <laughs> there is glimmers of stuff you can make fun of or stuff that you can enjoy. Uh, you know, and there's competent cinematography and the special effects while being yeah. bad. Occasionally, there's a good practical effect. In Canine and Company, you know, we made fun of it because it's absolutely ridiculous and it's turned into a bit of a meme for us. But they <laughs> literally spend several minutes talking about the pH value of soil. Yeah. Like, it's not good. Yeah, Australian Canine at least remembers Canine is a science fiction show, whereas Canine yeah. and Company was like, oh yeah, there's a weird cult in town, and yeah. uh, there's something to do with gardening, and Canine will shoot people at the yeah. end, and that's really the only action scene. That being said, Canine yeah. Company has a much better song. It 100%. Canine. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Awesome song. But uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's K9 for you, everyone. It, it, I, I would be impressed if you managed this long. <laughs> a good time. A good time. It's been a while since we've done a real long one like this. Oh, wow. It's like way back to the start of the podcast this length, isn't it? Uche. Oh, well, uh, what did you think of K9? Did you even watch it? Did you watch it when it came out? Email us. I'd be really interested in your thoughts. If you had even heard of this show before we started doing an episode on it. Uh, email us at whowatcheswhopod at gmail.com with, with, with stuff like that because that will be really interesting to read. And I will reply with a photo of my face. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to test that theory out. <laughs> uh, but what are we looking at next week, Scott? Uh, next week we are looking at the long-awaited uh, final box set of season one of the Christopher Eccleston audio dramas with big finish it released in february and we're like two months late on this but yeah we're finally getting around to it so yeah <laughs> yes next week we are going back into the world of eccleson in audio dramas i wonder where it'll stand with the rankings of the other three uh because yeah, both, I haven't both listened, you and i weren't super hot on the last one we enjoyed it and it was good 
but you yeah. know. I'm I still think that the Cyberman story from the last one was excellent. It's probably the best story so far, and the fact there's more Cybermen, there's a two-part Cyberman story in this box set. Oh wow! Makes I'm me gonna be more so excited. Confused. I'm gonna get so confused. I tell you now, I oh boy, but I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure I'll still enjoy it. Uh, but in the meantime, while you wait for that to come out next week. You can find us on Facebook at Who Watches Who, on Twitter at Watches Doctor, and you can find me on Twitter at Cloth223. Uh, this podcast is available in video form on YouTube at Who Watches Who, where we're getting quite the plethora of episodes. Uh, it's also available in audio form wherever you listen to podcasts. There is all the links in the description for your link in need. Uh, I think that's all the tags. Email us at whowatcheswhopod at gmail.com, and we will be back next week. Until yeah. then... K9. Bye. K9. 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 God help us. <laughs> <laughs>